say we made it we got we got there we got to the finish line the finish line of our 48 hour breather (laughs) and then we do it all over again and it ain't that bad what a privilege to be to be doing that what a privilege but i uh, i'm here with you tonight uh, at the end of i know that we had a couple of we had a couple of scheduling uh, reshuffles this this week. I had to a couple of things. Obviously, tonight is one of them because Dr. Peter McCullough was going to be on with us, and and now we will see when I'm able to get him back on the schedule. You know, um, but between that and Wednesday night, I, we had a little bit of reshuffling, but it ended up being a wonderful week. Uh, such great themes, great guests, great calls, great. It was a great week. I had a, I had a good time. I feel it's nice and balanced. And tonight will be just as well because um, though Dr. McCullough is not here, we've got a wonderful Friday night roulette of topics, and a lot of it was going to be health and nutrition based anyway because, you know, we had Dr. McCullough coming on. So uh, what I wanted to do instead was introduce you to our uh, our guest for the evening. First one up. You haven't seen him in a little bit, but he's so ha- I know everybody's going to be really happy to see this one over here. What's going on, Matt? Hello, Francis. Whoa. Hey, what's that shirt you're wearing? Oh. We're with the Vipers. Oh, we're with the Vipers. <laughs> I need more Soprano shirts. I need... <laughs> we're with the Vipers. We're with the we're with Vipers. The vipers. <laughs> Oh man, I, and I want that. I want that wine that they were drinking after that little boost there. And on the other side of the room is Jay Gulinello. What's going on, Jay? Hey Frank, how you doing? So this is the first time that you and Matt have met each other, which is exciting because uh, I'm. I know that Matt is going to have a lot of questions that are that pop up along the way, and this is going to be good, man. This is going to be great. You know, we're just <laughs> hanging out on a Friday night. I know Anthony's going to be swinging by at some point, so um, why not just get started? What's uh? Everybody have a good day. Uh, yeah, great day so far. Good. Well, Jay, what have you eaten? When was the last time you ate? Yesterday. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. It's always that you know. For it just doesn't make any sense on days I come up here. I know. It's whenever, not worth it. Whenever you come by, I just I'm I I usually just put my money on whether it's been 24 or 48 hours. It's usually around there. But uh, I'm sure you have a. a, a, a ticker going. I could, yeah, 25, almost 26. 26 hours yeah. almost. Hear that, Matt? 26 hours. 26 hours. If I fall over, Matt, just... I'll give you mouth-to-mouth okay. mouth resuscitation. <laughs> even if you don't need it. <laughs> That's what it does. It's like the sandlot over here. It is the first time we've met, so... I know, it's just <laughs> a little bit too hot and heavy. But here's the other thing. I've got a lot of great stuff in this in this uh, grab bag over here. We got Matt, we got we got Jay, soon Anthony. 
Um, thank you to all of our sponsors and friends and super chatters throughout the week. I just want to say go to the affiliates page on quitefrankly.tv. Start with bluemonsterprep.com because everything – and then go to uh, Wise Wolf Gold and Silver. Go, go all over the place on the affiliates page, and that would be – that's my – my Friday plug for everybody. Please go and indulge. Uh, here's what I want to bring up. First one we're going to is Robert F. Kennedy. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Now, obviously, because this is going to be a versus Trump thing in 2024, uh, this is going to cause a little bit of discord. But Robert F. Kennedy Jr. says he's thinking about launching a Democratic challenge to Biden for 2024 White House nomination. Now, Obviously, he is. Uh, he would be considered an outsider. Yeah. Uh, so they would do what they do to every other Kennedy. Exactly. That's what I said. <laughs> so <laughs> watch out. Change your name before you run, at least. <laughs> uh, but but still, can you imagine? Just if we can all just imagine for a second, a Robert F. Kennedy Jr. versus Donald Trump, twenty twenty four. Can you imagine that? You know, I, I don't know any, anything about any of his policies other than the fact that he's for medical freedom. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he's got my vote for that. But, I, I mean, you know, he hasn't been in the political sphere. So I yeah. have no idea what else he stands for. Is he a Kennedy Democrat or is right. he a, a current day Democrat? <laughs> if he's a Kennedy Democrat, yeah, I mean, that kind of makes a difference. I don't know. I mean, that, that, that would be uh, whenever he would he'd have to publish his platform. Yeah. And uh, and that's when you, you get to read through all of that. But as you said, from what he has made himself very visible on in the last three or four years, even prior to COVID, yeah. um, you know, he's up there in the Dell Big Tree uh, kind of strata as far as as far as vaccine skepticism goes and and uh, wanting reviews on all these substances. And, and as you said, uh, <clears throat> medical freedom. So. That, yeah. that hey whatever yeah he got in trouble for trying to take his baby out of the hospital right that was him up there he lives in armonk or bedford or something is that that was him yeah oh yeah and if he let me run his campaign i can guarantee him he'd win oh there's no It'd doubt be so easy no yeah. all i have to do is be like yo look i know who killed my uncle <laughs> we're going to investigate him and we're bringing people uh you know we're gonna kill them. We're gonna. <laughs> it's just. Yeah, he actually talks pretty candidly about who, about the assassination of his father and yeah. and JFK. So right away you'd get you know a bunch of people that'll be like, all right, this guy's gonna go after you know. Imagine the, the de- CIA, the, the declassified FBI. documents we would get. Uh, he he would. Oh. They they would schedule him for a little tour of da- Dallas. <laughs> they would schedule him for a tour of Dallas, but two days after the inauguration. <laughs> Listen, we have some business down in Dallas. We got to bring you. You have to go sign some documents. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that would be... Uh, anyway, people are going to be like, it, Matt is offering his assassination. <laughs> He's offering his assassination services to RFK now? The, what's going on? <laughs> no, Matt would only loyally serve Trump like that. Don't I'd do whatever he needed. <laughs> That's right. Okay, let's see here. Um, the second one up now. Jimmy Kimmel. This, 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 this scumbag. Oh, God. He's going after uh, Aaron Rodgers now because Aaron Rodgers, uh, he throwing out this tinfoil hat stuff at him and all that. Aaron Rodgers was on a uh, was on a uh, a podcast that I think he often goes on, and he said this. Let's see, uh, this is from the New York Post. I have a few from the Post today. Where's Matt? I got to get him up on this screen too. Hold on, this could be. There's not enough. <laughs> there's not enough spots for. Hold on. It's okay. Wait. There he is. All right. 
Yeah, we're all at the bottom. <laughs> now nobody it's can like read anything. Bunch. Got, <laughs> the Brady Bunch. The Brady Bunch. All right. Uh, this week, Jimmy Kimmel went after Aaron Rodgers over his UFO Jeffrey Epstein conspiracy theory, which st- I hate. I hate. I hate those two words. Yeah. Conspiracy theory, which is just a. Don't even go. I don't have to go. It over just it. means you have to wait until it becomes true, Six like months. the like the lab theory. <laughs> it's 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 a very, it's a very uh, I don't know elaborate way of saying bullshit. Yeah, that's that's the way they put it. But it's just so ridiculous because there's nothing but conspiracy. It's intellectually lazy at this point. After the last three years, very I mean, lazy. What's the score? In, in which a quarterback, his, his theories went that said maybe, uh, was serious, maybe joking a little bit out of both, uh, about former the former being a distraction, the UFOs. UFOs being a distraction to keep people's minds diverted away from the impending release of the latter's Epstein's client list. Now, I don't know how much of a list people think they're going to get, but some are very confident that in, in further disclosures, uh, what's going on? I mean, because you know, Ghislaine Maxwell is still appealing, because and, and she's saying, you know, I, I, and legally, technically, it, it may actually help her out that she has a non-prosecutorial agreement that was that was filed by between Jeffrey Epstein and the federal government back in 2007. Mm-hmm. That means that they can't go after co-conspirators or anything else. So, I mean, obvi- and in that respect, there's just more of a reminder that the people who went after Jeffrey Epstein and supposedly um, prosecuted him, uh, they were going easy on him because they've always known about him. And he was acting, always acting under uh, permission, permission of a very, a higher powers. As we all know, Cindy McCain said the higher powers that made that made uh that made even our law, uh, federal law enforcement shudder with fear. So he went on to talk about this, and Kimmel said this, all this UFO talk has the tinfoil hatters going wild. This is a, this is a guy that has pushed the most inane bullshit, uh-huh. including whack packer Aaron Rodgers, who offered his hot take on the Pat McAfee show. And... Um, and I gotta say, Kimmel played the clip from February in which Roger said, I believe that this has been going on for a long time. Interesting timing on everything. There's a lot of things happening in the world, and he's talking about the UFO and Epstein and all that stuff. But, um, man, I, have you been following what Aaron Rodgers has been going has been going through lately. Yeah, didn't he lock himself in uh, a room for like four days and four nights? Just... What do you th- What do you think about that, Jay? I think that's a, I I had just heard about it when we were talking prior to going on air, but um, I think sensory deprivation is pretty incredible, and I think you could probably learn a lot about yourself. And you said four days, something like that. It, wow. Four or six? Or no, something. it was four days. And apparently, he said the first two days was shrooms. I don't know if he was taking a loose it, but he did. Do, he did do ayahuasca. <laughs> um, I don't know if he went in there high, but uh, he—I forgot what, the, what he was contemplating the first two days. But he—I think he said that the third day he spent the entire day thinking about retirement, be, what life would be like if he stopped playing football, and then the fourth day was thinking about life playing football. But the first two days, I forget what he was doing. Still. To be that 
stripped away for four days. I don't think most people could handle that because we're in a climate where you've got your phone. You can't even, when was the last time you stood in line at the grocery store and just sort of like observed rather than go to your phone or go to the bathroom without your phone? So imagine that much time with no other stimulation but what's in your head. I mean, I, you got to learn something. So, I mean, that's amazing. I, I said I was, I was never a fan of his on the field, but uh, since, since the way he stood up to the NFL in general, I mean, I, I've sort of, you have to have some respect for him at this point. Here, Aaron Rodgers' tiny room at Sky Cave Darkness Retreat. The darkness retreat that Aaron Rodgers spent four days and four nights in southern Oregon is rem- reminiscent of a hobbit cave. On Wednesday, the Packers quarterback emerged from his isolation room at Sky Cave Retreats in southern Oregon and, and left the facility. Owner Scott Berman told ESPN earlier this month, Rogers, 39, said on the Pat McAfee show that he uh, committed to the darkest retreat in an effort to help him decide on the NFL future and to have a better sense of where I'm at in my life. Uh, A a May 2022 video by Yes Therapy, Yes Theory, a content creation company that encourages seeking discomfort to become the best version of yourself, gives a tour inside of the darkness retreats at Sky Cave Retreats, only publicly available darkness retreats center in the United States. In the video, Berman explains what it's like being in a darkness retreat while giving a tour of a solo dark room in which, uh, uh, which is inside an earth-sheltered cave in the Cascade Wilderness outside of Ashland, Oregon. The video explores Yes Theory founder Amar Kendall's darkness retreat. Let's listen to this for a second. Oh, it's it's four four Here minutes. Here we are. Long. Oh. Wow. Just <laughs> watch the footage. I'm just. So for those of you in podcast land right now, they have gone subterranean into what is a, um, a pretty much an, a, an underground apartment complex. And I have to imagine at one point the lights are going to go off and it is going to be black as pitch. This is where we'll pass you food. Okay. People have really oh. like, vivid, lucid dreams. The sense of time is, you're in the timeless. Timeless? Yeah. Timeless underground and dark and... And so with the infrared camera set up, Amar was finally ready to plunge into five days of total darkness. This is it? Mm-hmm. Let me get one, one last, <laughs> one final look outside. One final look at the outside, huh? It's just five days. Oh, dude. I was just doing like... I can't, I, I can't I imagine five hours. Did I say before any <laughs> hard thing? Give me power, give me strength. Hmm. Amen. Let there be light inside. So dramatic. <laughs> See you guys. See you in five days. <laughs> See you in five days. And with that, here he goes. That's it. <laughs> what? You feeling good? Oh my god, dude. Well, we'll come back in 24 hours. Thank you. Jeez, okay, so that, there's there's the first... Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, wow's right. I don't know if I can handle... Uh, I, I, I'd have to go through several layers of building up Yeah. to be able to get to something like that. It's like cold therapy or any other kind of... Anything that... Any hormetic stress that makes you uncomfortable, I mean, that you, that's that's serious, man. You're going to... Again, you're going to learn something about yourself five days. You know, uh, talking about 
inspiring change inside of yourself through discomfort. Here's something that I know that you'll have a personal opinion on, and I'm I'm interested in it, but I'll tell you, when I start getting little, uh, little smaller tastes of the big real deal, I start wondering how the hell I can do it, and that is the ice baths. Hmm. I saw, and I know that one of the greatest, th- there are biological reasons, well, there, there are like endorphin releases, there's, there's things that act biochemically that are triggered by these ice baths. You know, let, you know, 30 seconds to a minute a day and 32 degree water or whatever the hell it is. But I know also above everything else, there's the mental toughness standpoint of it. Um, this is from the AP. Of course, Jay, this is from the AP. <laughs> Celebrities tout ice baths, but science on benefits is lukewarm. So pretty much saying that there's really nothing. Um, you might get a little bit of, uh, you know, strengthening of the mind here but what happens for the body the heart cold water immersion raises blood pressure and increases stress in the heart studies have shown this is safe for healthy people and the effects are only temporary but it can be dangerous for people with heart trouble Um, as far as metabolism goes they just go through everything saying that marginal maybe there's something there but there's nothing that is definitive what 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 can you say on on what you know about this i think i mean they're not entirely wrong but there's definitely some anti-inflammatory benefit and that's i when at the retreat last year i did we did cold therapy with everybody there and i did a short presentation on it and so there were there were certain cytokines and certain pro-inflammatory markers that are reduced um in that sense now certainly people who have heart issues i mean we want to be be careful of that because essentially what you're doing is you're causing an intense stress temporarily in order to force the body to adapt to that stress so yeah of course you know heart rate goes up blood pressure goes up all of those things but so that the next time you're exposed to a stressor your body has a handle on it and can adapt better. So that's, that, that's the whole idea. Now, the one thing I will say, and I said this at the presentation, you don't want to use it post-resistance training because it's anti-inflammatory. So after you train, the whole idea is breaking down muscle and you want all that blood and all that pro-inflammatory action to help rebuild the muscle. So I tell people, if you're going to use it, use it on your off days. You can use it maybe after endurance training, like running or something, but you don't want to use it after weight training. But And a lot of people do that, but you can lose the benefits of muscle protein synthesis. Mm. So, I mean, there there's definitely benefit. Um, they're, they're sort of, you know, they're just being, they're losing the nuance, you know? Yeah, of course, there's some, there's some things that if you looked at in isolation, they would be considered bad, but the whole idea is to get the body to adapt to that stress. Gotcha. I know, I know that Anthony... Anthony went and and did a few sessions. He's done at least two or three sessions at that cryo chamber mm-hmm. that is in I don't know it's on, on the other side of the the our neighboring town, and they bring you down to like negative three hundred. I don't know what it is. They say negative we were talking about that negative <laughs> negative eight thousand degrees <laughs> to Kelvin to absolute What's the zero scale. <laughs> they bring you down to absolute zero or something for like thirty seconds right and then all of a sudden you start uh, you know anthony needed to be coached through it because he felt his organs shutting down <laughs> but but you know but th- that can be applied to either a bad knee or it could be head to toe or like yeah. you know neck to toe and so i know that it's done um but the first thing you'll get is that rush of adrenaline right because your body knows something's wrong are you never exposed to that kind of thing i mean again we i experienced this firsthand when i you know, we did just ice water. And again, the day that we did it, it was for, for October, it was really warm. It was in the 60s and it mm. was sunny. So it was actually a beautiful day to do it. But still, we dumped 
20 pounds of fresh ice right out of the bags, right into the tub, and then you're right into the tub. So it's it's cold. Uh, it's not negative 300, but it's pretty cold. Uh, so you just have to get past that. And we had uh, one of my friends was there, you know, sort of coaching everybody through it. And she, it's really about breathing and sort of settling in. And then once you do settle in, it actually isn't that bad. <laughs> actually moving around is what makes it bad. Like once you get in and you're sitting and you're just, you know, you're in that space, one of your uh, audience members, she, she was the queen of the cold plunge. She did 10 minutes in the ice. I only made seven. Wow. She made, she made 10 minutes. Well, I actually had to force her out because I you know, was like, <clears throat> liability. Get, yeah, out, get out of the tub. Get when out of the tub. You, now, when you say <laughs> I only made seven, is it that you limited yourself so that you could have kept going? I could have, yeah. But, but you know, it was, seven felt like enough. I did start to feel tingling in the extremities. and uh, so. Matt, you think you can do it? No, I would be one of those people that have a heart attack. I'm telling you, man. Everybody, Cold water? Yeah, I'm not good with that Everybody shit. did it. And when, with the group there... We would have gotten you through it. I mean, some people only made it a minute, but uh, 60 seconds is a big deal. You could do it for a minute. I, I'd probably be better off going into that fucking hut for four days. I would try. I mean, I do that. So I do the, uh, in the shower, I turn the hot water completely off sometimes. In the summertime, I do that. Yeah, in the summertime. In the winter, I love hot showers. This is easier than the shower because the water, the water in the shower, I hate the cold showers because the water, it's, it's like pins and needles, right? In the water, it's still. So yeah. you, you find much more calm. I'm telling you, man, you could do it. Man, oh, man. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah, well okay, you know, before we go to to start this off, I want to ask you, hey, you know what? No, we're just going to start it because this is, it's everything else that has, uh, that we have to do on tonight. I think this is going to be a good one. Matt, make sure you ask all the questions you got um, because this is going to be, as always, a big roller coaster and hell. Let's get started. Share the show far and wide, ladies and gentlemen. I put all the links across the socials. You know where they are. Like the the uh, stream if you've been if you're watching this on YouTube. Encourage all your friends in the chat room to like, like, like. Yeah, let's try to get the likes even with people who are watching because then we can probably jog this thing loose in the middle of a stream and bring more people in and and actually see it grow, especially on Rumble. So Rumble on YouTube. Please help me out over there, ladies and gentlemen. But if you're watching on Theta, if you're watching on QuiteFrankly.tv, on Twitch, on DLive, on Rockfin, please enjoy yourself and just kick back, relax, and uh, let's get this one going. Don't go anywhere. stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride!
When you're smiling, when you're smiling, when you're smiling, when you're smiling, and the whole world smiles at you. And when you're laughing, when you're laughing. Hey, I want to ask you, so welcome to the show. It's it's the pre-show is done, and this is quite frankly. Uh, Jay, let me ask you this. I think we spoke about this on the show once before. And uh, it's an important question. There is a guy who was lost at sea for 24 days. We covered this, I, at least I did, uh, months ago. I don't know why it's popping up again. Maybe they're just doing a checkup on him. Elvis Francois was lost at sea for more than 20 days with nothing to eat but ketchup and seasoning. <laughs> when he closed his eyes and went to sleep, he mostly dreamed of limes. Limes. I was so thirsty, said the 47-year-old, who would fantasize about squeezing the green citrus and squirting the juice into his throat. <laughs> Mr. Francois spent 24 days drifting across the Caribbean Sea from St. Martin, uh, Martin to the coast of Colombia before he was rescued by Colombian Navy in January. Mr. Francois said that he survived by slurping a soupy concoction of ketchup and seasonings. Oh. News of his ordeal prompted Heinz, the namesake ketchup brand of Kraft Heinz Company, to launch a social media campaign last month asking people to locate Mr. Francois so the company could help him uh, buy a new boat. So my question for you is uh, what kept him alive? Is it just calories? Just, is just, is just that he had some calories? Or what kept him alive with the seasoning slash soupy ketchup mixture? The only thing I can think is uh, the sodium, because that's really one of the most important nutrients. I mean, you can fast for how many days? 20-something? Well, he was at sea for 24. Yeah. So, I mean, you can certainly fast for 24 days. That's not, you know, the, the record for the longest fast is close over 300. So, you, you can certainly fast. So, oh, I'm going to Wait, 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 wait. Over 300 days not eating anything? Yeah. yeah. Gandhi. Well, this was, I mean, may, I don't know how long nah, Gandhi fasted. Gandhi, he did it for like two days. I don't know what the big deal is but, about him. <laughs> oh, lightweight uh, why, why do people keep talking about this guy? <laughs> Who's why this Gandhi guy? Uh, no, it was uh, Banting. We, the, sort of, he was a super obese guy. and Anyway, but yeah, he fasted for over 300 days under doctor's supervision. Okay. And so electrolytes are the biggest thing. So I'm thinking the seasonings and the ketchup probably provided enough electrolytes to help keep everything going because I'm assuming if he was at, at sea he didn't have any water either right I, well I, that's what I, I have to imagine um, you drink his urine okay you can drink your, your pee right and the thing is you know straight water is not really what hydrates you it's it's the it's the minerals so so that's 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 gonna be my best guess you know is gonna be the the mineral content and the sodium of the of the spices and the and the ketchup yeah yeah oh uh, yeah it's uh, I, I wanted to ask you because I I knew there had to be some kind of a reason for it because th that was the uh, thing. Um, uh, I was thinking about the water. I know that you're a lot more flexible with w how you can survive without having any solid food. Right. But but water, what it's maximum what three days? Yeah, it's not it's not very many. So 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 that makes me think even more that it, if he had no water, it, it had to have been the minerals. Yeah. Uh, you know, I even sprinkle just a, a, a tiny little bit of uh, of sea salt into every last one of Aurora's water bottles. Yeah. So yeah. I make sure she gets those those minerals in there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So just don't drink it from the ocean, or it'll kill you. <laughs> I know. Yeah. What, what what is that? Okay. Can you explain that to me too? I know that there's desalination, there's everything else, but uh, if you were to just water down 
if you were to dilute seawater, can you drink it? Yeah, what, I mean, I don't, is, I'm not sure. I, I got to think that it's overload, right? That that's that has to be what it is. Well, I'll tell you what happens is the salt, it, it, it takes the oxygen out of your blood. What? Yeah. What do you mean it takes the oxygen out? That's, I don't know. That's what it does. It just stops you. It suffocates you. Yeah. I, I maybe. <laughs> All right, we're gonna have to look into this. We're gonna have to look into this one. <laughs> I don't because it's. That's what I keep. It'll get you sick. Is it because the the ocean is polluted, or is it because it's just too? De it's just. I'm gonna go back to mineral imbalance then, maybe. So, um, but now I now I really want to know. Well, well, see, this is what happens when I'm on your show. Th things come up, and then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go look it up. I wonder if it has anything to do with the phenomenon of people like going into a coma if they were to slug a pint of soy sauce. Have you heard about that? And they wake up? No, 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 no. The soy sauce soy sauce can put people into like a catatonic state if they were to if they're like to chug the whole damn thing. I've heard about this. Hmm. That it's maybe it's just the the density of it it just blacks you out. I don't hmm. know. I think there's just too much some thing is too much sodium. Well, yeah, absolutely cuz it can throw off the sodium potassium balance in the cells and so yeah. Okay. I'm gonna. Well, we're, we're gonna find out though. Yeah, we will. Um, not not to uh, you know, Jay. The last time that you were in here, and I know that you had, I you probably had some awesome questions to ask Dr. McCullough, and we'll get around to that one day, I'm sure. When he comes comes on, I'll make sure you know the date. Yes. But um, since the last time you were on here, the lab leak theory that's been validated to at least a degree, and it proves once again that whenever the new media sinks its teeth into a story. It's not only uh, it's not only has the best chances at finding out what actually happened. The new media has the best chances of finding out what sure. happens because uh, you know, obviously there's no corporate advertising restrictions. But always it always ends up showing that not only are the conspiracies what run the entire world, but that extends to the way that these issues are reported on. So you have the corporate new you have the conspiracy. You have the plot, and then you have the corporate news that conspires on top of it to shape the opinion on the original conspiracy, like gain of function. And, uh, and that leads us to other conspiracies between teachers' unions to do harm to children and with school closures and masks, and then, of course, the vaccine that was just waiting in the wings. And now here we are on the other side of that, and there's even more information conspiracies <laughs> to be able to divert eyes away from what the hell's going on. Not only with people who are getting affected by the shots, but even these other sideline stories that are coming out right now that confirm other suspicions we had about donated blood. We were like, you know, we we're saying it's one thing if you if you have if you take great care in in avoiding all of these new injections and things like that. But what happens if God forbid you're in a you you have a traumatic situation where you have you know trauma and you have lost blood you need a transfusion yeah and and now you know that over eighty percent of the blood supply has these spike proteins in it I mean it's yeah it's frightening I mean I know a few people who have actually banked their own blood for that kind of a thing My, Matt what do you think about that I don't he doesn't like this kind of stuff I okay don't like talk, no I mean you can talk <laughs> about it I'm just yeah, I hear you. I don't I like mean, it either. I mean, so. no, it's not. It's not a, and it's not a pleasant thought, especially if you've spent your entire this entire three years taking care of yourself and staying away from that stuff, and then all of a sudden you're forced into a situation where you need it. I mean, that sucks. Well, well the, the, and here's an older. Well, it's from October of last year, but just remember, things like this are down the pike. 
Here's from Bloomberg. Cancer vaccine could be available by 2030, says scientists behind the COVID shots. <laughs> oh, dear. So, well, let's hope it's as safe and effective. Yeah, let's, let's hope <clears throat> this one is. They should try it on themselves first. Or whoever <laughs> is working for their company that might have cancer, they should try it on themselves first. Well, they can't. Vaccines are supposed to pre... Are supposed to... They're pre, supposed to work. Well, they're supposed to be there before <laughs> you're already in... Uh, you're already infected with something. I, I have to say, I mean, uh, without knowing the mechanism of that vaccine, that sounds insane to me, especially if you if you think that cancer is a metabolic disease. How, how can you, you know, and, and I do. I mean, I've seen, I, I, every, I feel like Thomas Seafried comes up every time I'm on this show, but he's the researcher, doctor, lipid biochemist in Boston at, at Boston College that does extensive work on cancer on aggressive cancers with people. He uses hyperbaric oxygen. He uses ketogenic therapies uh, in order to essentially starve the, the cancer cells of their fuel sources. So how can you vaccinate against a broken metabolism? I, I mean, I have no... So to me, you know, again, without understanding, I mean, may, maybe they're still looking at cancer as a genetic disease, which has been the way they've been looking at it ever since DNA was discovered because it's it makes money. But um, a cancer vaccine is is frightening, actually. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. Well, well you know, what about the, um, it was, uh, I hear a lot about cancer viruses too. Uh, back in when I was learning about, I, I forget what it was, the, the simian, simian virus mm. that was, that there was the, a specific timeline in the late 50s, early 60s with the polio vaccine mm -hmm. where they admitted that there was a, a cancer virus had, had tainted these polio vaccines, that they were, and I, and I start, so when you say metabolic, and then I start thinking about every time that I've heard somebody talk about viruses that cause cancer or whatever, what would be the difference there? Would they be treated the same way then, or what? Well, not necessarily. I mean, certainly, I guess a virus could, it, uh, depending on the virus and, and how it works, I suppose it could, if it impacts, if it impacts the nuclear DNA and causes mutations or damages the mitochondria in some way, that's that's a form of metabolic dysfunction so i guess the root of the of the problem would just be would be the only difference you can break your metabolism essentially with a poor lifestyle or there can be some event a virus an exposure to something uh but it all comes down to the mitochondria and the cell not functioning properly and mm. then that causes that out of control cell growth and the inability of cancer cells to die which they're supposed to do so 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 perhaps regardless of what what causes it once it has affected the body metabolically then right. the same thing could be right. hopefully applied as a as a as a, a way to treat it right yeah because i here it is uh this is from a a 2004 article but there's many out there polio vaccine simian virus 40 sv40 mm -hmm. and human cancer the epidemiologic yeah. evidence for a uh, casual association they say that the SV40 was discovered to have contaminated up to 30% of the polio vaccines in the United States between 1955 and 1963. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, those are just one famous example of this. Right. And, you know, uh, so I, I'm glad I, I uh, yeah, and to ask. The things, you know, that I would lo love to talk to uh, Dr. McCullough because he had just published an article um on on a supplement that i've used before called natokinase that that he is saying is the most promising therapy for anyone who's been injured by this you know 
gene therapy uh, and potentially natural infection too because of its ability to break down the spike protein. So what I was going to ask him was also about a paper in 2021 that proposed uh, two agents for a similar uh, purpose, which is bromelain, which is a pineapple extract, and uh, N-acetylcysteine, which is a precursor to the body's antioxidant system. And they're both able to break down spike protein and envelope protein. And so what I wanted to ask him was whether he also thought the natokinase, because it actually can break down clots. So I was wondering if it could be sort of a dual purpose. So it could it could head the problem off at the past by the body producing that spike protein, but also deal with the clotting and the microclotting downstream. So mm. if that's the case, you could combine those three therapies and you could essentially make something that could protect people from, you know, who've already gotten this gene therapy and they're suffering from, um, you know, uh, symptoms because of it. So I think it's, I, next time he's on, it would be a, a worthwhile question to ask. Because if, if that's the case, those are cheap, over-the-counter supplements that could make a huge difference. Okay. Well, and, and, and here's another one. Since we that was from for clots, and before we were talking about cancer, and in general, uh, when we talk about dieting and you know uh, shedding ourselves of of fat and getting our uh, metabolic rates up and, and just just being clean and energetic and and processing food well um, there was another New York Post article I saw this is from two days ago here's the headline why keto and paleo diets are the worst popular weight loss fads um, now we can go into them. I always laugh at those headlines. I, I know. The trendiest way to lose weight may also be the unhealthiest and worst for the environment. <laughs> New research has found. It's always got to be bad for the environment and or you. Right. <laughs> People hope to shed a few pounds often turn to keto and paleo diets, but according to Tulane University study, those weight loss methods score among the lowest on overall nutrition quality mm. and among the highest on carbon emissions. <laughs> what? Carbon. What? We, sus we suspected the negative climate impacts because they're meat-centric. Oh, we've got... We, sh we should have... So, well, this, right. is, this is so predictable. Go ahead, Matt. <laughs> All right. Tomorrow? No, nah, not tomorrow. On Sunday, I'm going to take a picture, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to go on my steak and egg diet. I'm going to go on it for one month, and I'm going to take another picture, and we'll show everybody. Okay. Okay. I'm here if you need help, Matt. I, I'm telling you. It's it's the uh, the steak. I do. I want to get, like, huge, bro. I want to get, like, really big. We can do that. that it's the guy to tell you. And he and he's not gonna he's, and he's not gonna tell you to go and uh, and and buy any any. Uh, I dude, I can't I can't do any steroids. substance. I can't. <laughs> I'm trying to find I, I. Right now for me, it's just it's steak and duck eggs. Dude, I'm telling you that. I did that diet for fucking like months at a time for, three years, four years. Oh man, yeah, they're they're not. I have not seen anything so far. They're just talking about carbon dioxide. They're talking about greenhouse gases. They have, I, I don't see anything about why it's so unhealthy. Diets were assigned point value based on the Federal Healthy Eating Index, which well, we know, <laughs> which we know has lucky, uh, uh, lucky charms <laughs> is above stake for the federal. It's clown world at this point. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, it, yeah. So those headlines, that's what they always mean. Anytime, because those diets also tend to be really high in natural foods, meat, eggs, you know, fish, dairy, all, you know, all natural foods and they're void of processed foods. So the processed food manufacturers don't want you to, you know, consume that. The fake fat makers don't want you to consume that. The refined carbohydrate uh, manufacturers don't want you to consume that. So therefore it goes down on the list as, you know, lowest quality. I mean, it's just so it's, 
it's so easy to see the 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 playbook now this happens every every year i think I think it was Good Housekeeping that used to put out the list of worst and best diets, and paleo keto are always on the bottom of the list because there's so much fat in those diets. Yeah, well, speaking of, I've been ha- Lauren and I. We don't. We just don't know what to. How to get Aurora to eat things? <laughs> she's at that point where she's obviously just a. It's a hope and a prayer every day. Right. And uh, but one thing that she has fallen in love with, which I'm so happy because she hasn't. She hasn't uh, picked up chicken every once in a while she'll like gorge on chicken and then she won't touch it for months um but she loves bacon that's great she loves bacon so uh that that's been very are you getting it from the farm have you tried it from there yet no no but i'm going to yeah i'm going to but uh, because that's where i've been getting all the duck eggs lately and and the goat (laughs) kefir and the and the now i'm on with the the raw coffee creamer and uh, now and, I can come by for dinner. Yeah. Well, and I, I, <laughs> hey, I just ordered my first half gallon of the raw chocolate milk that should be showing up All on right. Wednesday. So Wednesday, I'm going to be picking that up. That's how you get big, Matt. Yeah. Well, I need to, <laughs> I need to know where to order it from. I'll, I'll give you the link. Yeah. Give you raw the link. Raw milk. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what Vince Gerona said. Mm-hmm. Raw milk, eggs, steak. After one month, you're, it's like you did still. And, and beef liver. And the beef liver oh, I have tablets. I have, That's what the, I I have, have his 1,500 hundred of them. <laughs> I order all of it. I, I should get Yeah, I get all of the supplements. I like the supplements, bro. I think they're high-quality supplements, actually. Yeah, I love them a lot. Uh, Jay J signed off on the protein. But when I, I sent him the protein supplement, I said, this is what I, I take. Matt suggested it to me. I really love It's the first time I've actually enjoyed drinking a protein shake in, uh, in a long time. And, and he said yes to it. Yeah. So that made it great. Yeah, I mean, I always, look, I, I'm always food first. But, but I, I use a protein supplement as well, especially, you know, running around doing things. And just don't, you know, again, if it's not enough time for that many meals, but I want to hit the protein <clears throat> target, that's no problem. As long as it's clean. And that's so you know, do you still get as as big drinking protein or like that instead of eating an actual like meal yeah yeah. i mean the protein will work the same in the body the difference is you know satiety will be different like you you won't be if you're just if you're drinking most of your protein you're going to be hungry all the time you know what i mean because there's just like the act of actually chewing food and and releasing all those satiety hormones from your brain that's a little bit different when you're just drinking things you'll probably you'd notice that if you had a day where you drank three protein shakes or had three protein meals but they were the same amount of protein you'd find a difference yeah but then well, here's the that, thing for him for him to want to get big though like we're talking to, i to, get to, i get result i'll get i, get. Well, I mean you get ripped you get ripped but as far as and i and I, I actually think that at this stage in our life i think ripped and functional <laughs> a, a, athletic ripped and functional is better than trying to to, to fucking bulk up but like to to go like real big, but cause not what, like real big, just bigger than I was. Like, cause I I think I definitely put some bulk on the last year and a half. I've just I haven't been eating healthy. How much how how much did you weigh at at your <clears throat> most fit? Like one seventy something? No, no. I think I weighed myself and I would fluctuate from like one eighty one to like <coughs> one eighty six. So in one meal. How does he sit down? If he were to have one meal a day, how does he consume 180 grams of protein in one sitting? Yeah, I mean it's because that's be. what he—that's what you need to to just stabilize the the muscle that you have, let alone grow. 
it'll definitely be a challenge. I mean, you might not actually be able to do it if you're getting it all from food. But but again, if you're trying to grow, I, what I would say is one meal a day isn't isn't the right choice. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so feast and famine is is my always what I try to go to, right? So the the fasting will help you stay lean, but the feasting is what's going to build you up. Is there a, an amount that the the body can't? What is the amount when you can't? Uh, process the protein what grams like yeah. in an amount of time that's a good question i mean the thing is you'll use it all though you know it'll it'll go to the amino acid pool it'll go to a lot of other places so it's not like you won't be able to use it so you want to be always over 30 always over 30 because 30 is the threshold roughly for triggering muscle protein synthesis so you want to be over 30 you know but i've seen a lot of papers that say different things in, in terms of you know, it's not like the more protein you eat, just the the, the the more muscle that you'll you'll gain. There is like a max out point. But I think a lot of that also has to do with how hard you've actually worked the muscle, how much damage you've caused. Because that's, the, again, the whole point of working out is causing those micro tears. So to be training hard and to be eating high protein, that's that's the recipe for success. And then fasting to be able to stay to stay leaner mm. and, and, and healthy. I mean, the, the metabolic benefits of fasting are, are really the big that's why I do it. That's the big benefit you get from fasting. I'll tell you. I'll tell you, when I when I, I still watch, and I, I there's a lot of fitness uh, channels that I follow on YouTube. Still, a lot of personalities. I really appreciate their commentary on things, and obviously, a lot of them are doing. They're, they're, they want to compete. They want to do power lift. They do all that, and uh, but many just are are just into uh, aesthetics, and. It is pretty commonly held belief that there is no such thing as being able to cut in bulk at the same time, that you have to do some kind of a, a dirty bulk and then a cutting cycle, and then you're, it's always just like crisis in Leviathan where you're, you're bulking up and seeing what's left behind. Yeah. So you, you say it is possible to yeah, do. Yeah, I don't think that's true at all. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's what I did, dude. I, dude, did you remember, like, I lost all the weight? Like, at one point, I yeah. just lost, and there was, like, not a lot of muscle. Yeah, dude, I was working out like two hours a day, the, two and a not, half, which is not necessary. Three hours a day. <laughs> yeah, not necessary. Well, not. I was doing everything. I was doing different shit for like I did my core every day, like different stuff. I don't do that much core, uh, only because core, you have it, it, everything requires uh, recruiting those muscles. Whether you're doing legs, whether you're doing, I mean, every once in a while you can you can throw in some extra ab work. But I mean, as far as the whole lumbo pelvic re, uh, hip region, all I mean, core is a a, a large yeah. group of muscles, and you need all of that for stabilizing every other compound and either, even. Oh yeah, no, I see that. I mean, I still have. Too. And I, like I said, I've been eating like shit for the last almost two years now. So we got to fix And I still that. have two two up there. <laughs> fix. Don't fix. lose those two. <laughs> well, here, I have something else over here from a, a mutual friend of ours. That is Ren, Raw Egg Nationalist. <gasps> yeah. Uh, you were on his show not too long ago, right? No, I haven't done his show. I thought that you guys. I thought you guys got together and did a podcast together. No. Really? Yeah. Did you at least talk with each other? What? Or am I thinking about someone else that you went on their show? Maybe because I mean I've I've I heard of him from your show because she she he's a friend of Norman Laden's. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I mean I'd love to hook up with him. I think he's great. But no. Okay. Well, either way, he just published this this short thread over here that I wanted to ask you about, and here it is. He said yesterday. This is a couple of days ago. I wrote about how being fat might shrink your brain. 
But the question was posed, does being fat actually shrink your brain or do people with smaller brains become fat? <laughs> uh, so the, the real thing is, here's the, the headline that he had put out there. Obese individuals have reduced gray matter density and functional brain abnormalities, a new study finds. Uh, here's one potential answer from a rat study, which shows that the heavier rats become the less uh, the, the heavier rats become, the less blood gets to their brains. It's not hard to see how this stands to reason. Um, as a result, it could be the case that getting fat as a human reduces blood flow to the brain, which causes certain regions to shrink. Some of these regions may be uh, may be regions such as prefrontal cortex associated with uh, behavioral control. This, in turn, would reinforce the behavior that caused the obesity in the first place, a vicious circle. Uh, it could still be true, though, that people with smaller brain mass are more likely to become fat and that the effects of fat be, uh, simply aggravate the brain shrinkage further. And then he provided the, the rat study over here. Um, what would Anything that you have stored in your own brain Jay, that may be useful to understanding or answering this question. What came first, the, the small brain or, or the obesity? Well, I like the fact that he is he's concerned about the arrow of causality because when you're, when you're dealing with associational studies, you, you, you cannot prove causation, so you have to look at it from both, you know, both angles. Is the, is the shrinking brain causing the obesity or is the obesity causing the shrinking brain? I would, I would say it's the... Uh, I would say that obesity is the cause of the reduced gray matter. Uh, there's actually two studies from 2019 and 2020 um, that both talk about pre-diabetes and type 2 diabetes having reduced uh, subcortical uh, gray matter. And we know that things like Alzheimer's are being called type 3 diabetes now. So, really? Yeah. So you have it basically it's it's an inability of the brain to properly um, metabolize glucose. So it's losing the ability to use glucose as a fuel source. And so the brain neurons are literally dying. So this is also why I think we have such a huge problem in this country because we're not diagnosed. Well, so we're not even looking at prediabetes as a dangerous state. In fact, we just draw this arbitrary line of a fasting glucose. So if you have a fasting glucose of over 125, you're diabetic. But if you're 124, you're prediabetic and there's no problem. That's ridiculous. Uh, th that's virtually the exact same metabolic state. We just draw a line in the sand and say, once you're over it, now we need to give you drugs. So everything that I do and every the whole way I was trained was to get people out of the way of that oncoming train is that pre-diabetes is incredibly important and this this 2019 paper said that reduced subcortical gray matter volume were found in patients with both type 2 diabetes and pre-diabetes so mm. your brain is shrinking for decades due to this high level of blood sugar all the time again so sugar it yeah i mean and, and if you want like a brand new paper right out of this was published in Europe. I can't even pronounce the name of the journal, <laughs> but it was just a few months ago, 2022. So they, this is really, this is really cool. It actually goes to what we were just talking about. So they said the major causes of hyperinsulinemia, so that's elevated levels of insulin in the in the blood, are improper diet and nutrition regimen. So, free, too many frequent meals, excessively high in glycemic foods. Uh, too short of a fasting window, along with other factors that are causing hyperactivity of the pancreatic beta cells, those are the cells that produce insulin. Fructose, systematic inflammation, oxidative stress, low vitamin D, all the things that we talk about all the time. 
and that hyperinsulinemia uh, hyper affects cell cellular energy balance, easy for you to say, primarily in the liver, muscle, brain, and adipose tissue. So when your blood sugars are always high, insulin is always being dumped into the bloodstream by the pancreas to get it out of the bloodstream because glucose is toxic in too high of amounts. So the pancreas disperses insulin, and so insulin stays high because you're always eating. That's why fasting is so important because it will drop your insulin levels, so it will essentially protect your brain. Um, and that state of that chronic uh, hyperglycemia, that again, that's why they call uh, uh, Alzheimer's and all neurodegenerative diseases type 3 diabetes. It's just... Um, it's something that we understand metabolically. There's a lot of pushback against it because, again, food industry and other industries that are involved in making our food. But, but it's the path is pretty clear, and I think I think he has it right in that. I think it's I think it's a poor diet is causing a shrinking brain. So, and then and then again, there is the, there is that um, that one versus the other of saturated fat and sugar. Mm -hmm. What? One, the one that we, I mean, actually both we were, we were told is, you know, you don't want too much sugar, but of course, saturated fat, we're always told, oh, I mean, that's going to clog every, every artery you have. It's, it's, it's just not good. But really, it, how would, how would, how would saturated fats help somebody to fortify themselves from something like an Alzheimer's then? Well, it, it, does it make <clears throat> positive impacts and on that? Yeah, I, mean, I would say it would be one or the other. In other words, if you were to consume sat, you know, saturated fats in the presence of high sugar, that's bad news. Right. That's basically a donut. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> so, you know, but, but you know, it's interesting that the history lesson of why, why we're afraid of saturated fat and cholesterol and all those things without going too deep into it, which we should someday because the history of it is like a soap opera. It's, it's kind of amazing. Um, but the guy who's responsible for this and the study that he created – this was all around Dwight D. Eisenhower's heart attack in 1955. He was in office. He was the president in office, had a heart attack, and the whole country freaked out because they were like, oh, my God, the president's out of office for like 10 days. He had a heart attack. We need to figure out why. Up until that point, there really heart disease wasn't on the forefront of Americans' minds. So this, this one researcher, Ansel Keys, wrote a study, seven-country study is what it's called, and he drew a perfect correlation between saturated fat intake and heart disease in countries, and that was what set the whole world ablaze, and everybody now know, you know, knows now that saturated fat you know, clogs your arteries, causes heart disease. Fat-free, fat-free, fat-free. But what is, what is, un, what is like sort of underreported is that in his own book that was published in uh, 1980 called the Seven Country Studies Book, he actually says that saturated fat and sugar are both associated with an increase in heart disease so he essentially chose one over the other because that was his pet theory was that it was the fat and not the sugar despite the fact that at the time scientists even the, even when the dietary guidelines were written there were scientists saying hey this is not you know the evidence here is very very weak and uh, but it didn't matter because the, the sort of what do they say the horse was out of the barn um, and we all now believe that cholesterol and saturated fat are killing us based on essentially, well, essentially one man and his study and, and this zealous sort of, you know, we, we just need to get to an answer. And that's what happened. So, um, yeah, it's, it's quite an amazing story. But you're much better off with saturated fat. I, when people say it clogs your arteries, I just, I ask them, okay, explain to me the mechanism. And don't tell me like it's in your drain. 
you know, like those old commercials that the fat in your, you know, <laughs> right. gets hard in the drain and, the, and that's what it does in the arteries. That's somebody who doesn't understand digestion and human metabolism. Yeah. It's ridiculous. That's true. Your stomach acid's supposed to be uh, acidic enough. Like if you were to put your finger down there, you would burn it down to the bone before you even touched it. Absolutely. That's what it's like. Yep, huh? your stomach acid and then all the enzymes, the, the, the enzymes that take apart proteins and carbohydrates and fats in your intestines. I mean, there, nothing should survive in any appreciable form. In fact, if it does, you start to have metabolic problems. A, a proper digestion has stomach acid that is like 1.5 on, yeah. on, the, on the pH scale. Incredibly acidic, lower than sulfuric acid, I believe. And, Do I, well, how mirac and, and how miraculous. And how supplement to promote that. And how miraculous, again, uh, you just think about us, the con the construction of a human, yeah. um, the design of a human being, how miraculous that you can have something that acidic that is is being housed in an organic sac mm -hmm. that is impervious to it. Yeah, it's and protected <laughs> by a mu It creates its own mucus to be able to protect it it's for the stomach from eating itself. That's how incredible it is. Incredible. That's how where mucus comes from? From well, oh, that, yeah, in one. The, yeah, yeah. In the, in the stomach, it's there to protect the stomach because otherwise it literally would eat itself. It's just incredible. Yeah. And, and of course, when, when that mucus is not there, you get your ulcers, mm -hmm. um, which is terrible. Yeah. Is that what mushrooms does when you take shrooms? Isn't that what it does? It goes through your stomach lining, and it kind of takes that away, and it eats at your stomach, and you think you're starving oh, or something. Have you ever heard about that? No, but that's the mechanism by which... Uh, NSAIDs, you know, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. They they block one of the enzymes that helps produce the mucosal layer. So now I'm wondering if if that's the case, if mushrooms are also it inhibiting kinda, that enzyme. Yeah, it confuses your stomach to think it's starving, huh. and that's when like the the trip starts or something <laughs> like that. Wow. Yeah. All right. I got something else to look up. I uh, you know the other thing there too, um, w when you talk about the that original theory of it's saturated fat after Dwight Eisenhower's heart attack. It's saturated fat, then it takes years for sugar to be added into the mix. Mm -hmm. It's too bad they didn't just go another couple of years and saying, well, maybe it was always just sugar. <laughs> and yeah. and just and, and just say whatever, but then so now it's just it's all it, it makes sugar it makes the it, it you lose the nuance of what's really going on there when you take the donut and you say look this is bad because it's saturated fat and sugar exactly and let me tell you something in the research and this is really where it's important to understand research you see a headline like that and if you don't understand and i i don't expect people to understand i had to go to school for this to understand how to read the research when they you'll see a headline that says high fat diet causes x y or z right so I'll go to the study, and it, if it's an animal study, which it usually is, I will go to the section where they, there will usually be an addendum where they'll put like what the diet was. And almost without fail, a high fat diet is also a high sugar diet. It is high fat and high sugar, almost every single time. But they call it high fat because maybe it's 41% fat but and 40% sugar but that's virtually the same so again you feed an animal a donut and you say he got a disease and then you say high fat diets cause disease see saturated fat sucks <laughs> i mean it's this ridiculous leap in logic and the researchers know better but i think sometimes either they're funded by somebody who wants that to be an outcome or you know it, it it's a great way to get a snappy headline of your research study if it says high fat diet causes alzheimer's or, oh, yeah. or whatever but you, the, the truth is in the nuance you have to understand what you're looking at no doubt no doubt. Oh man. Oh, there's so much there. There is and there's there's a couple of there's there's more things that have come in 
Uh, I have a few things to do with you in the second half. We have some mm-hmm. fun. That we'll do some Babylon B. We'll do some <laughs> other things. But um, I, I, there is a question that already came in, and this is from Stostube. Let's see here. Oh, well, well, no, 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 that's not the one I was looking at. We'll get to you in a second, Stostube. Jenna from South Carolina. I think she had emailed you before, right? I remember that from the last show. Yep. She said, Jay, uh, hi, Frank, hi, Matt, hi, Jay. All this eye candy in one room. Question for you, Jay. Can you talk a little bit about defense chemicals and vegetables and why we should avoid them, please? Love you all. Jay, before you do that, I know know it's hard to put this into eight minutes, but... um, I have seen a lot more people bringing this up. I've seen a lot more podcasts that focus around health and fitness talking about uh, how whenever they're at a uh, buffet or whatever the hell's going on, they're loading up with the eggs, they're loading, loading up with the beef, they're loading up with poultry, whatever the hell, and they are avoiding vegetables at all costs. And now, th- is there any place... <clears throat> Do you ever have vegetables? <laughs> Do you ever have a, uh, a baby spinach salad? Is there any place for this? And, and how much of it is just people, um, how much of it is just, I don't know, uh, is it overreaction or is everything loaded with uh, defense chemicals? God, this is such a huge topic. Um, <clears throat> so the answer is yes, there are definitely defense chemicals. And if you want, I'll, I'll, first I'll say, if you want to watch one of the best presentations on this uh, was, at the Ancestral Health Symposium 2014, a professor from Texas named George Diggs, D-I-G-G-S, George Diggs, he does an entire presentation on every plant defense chemical imaginable. And it is fascinating. Like, when you think about the, you know, people say they don't eat meat because it's, you know, sentient animal. Man, <laughs> what some of these plants do is incredible. They can call, you know, predators of their predator. They can put out, I mean, it's it's... It's, it's incredible. So the, the, to try to encapsulate this, yes, for some people, plant defense chemicals are incredibly dangerous. Um, many times a carnivore diet can put autoimmune conditions into remission. And, and I say that because very often it's the, you know, animals have claws and teeth, but once they're dead, they're dead. So their, their meat, their dairy, all that, there's nothing left to defend the bot there's there's nothing there to defend but a plant can't move so it has all kinds of different defense chemicals to keep predators from eating it it's not designed for us because they're in such minute amounts that we're not going to keel over i'm not going to fall over dead if i have some spinach right they're for smaller you know animals or insects but this is the problem that i feel with plant-based diets if you're making your diet based on these then you and you are consuming a five pounds of spinach in a spinach smoothie you're getting a load of oxalates that is out of control. I, I, I had to have sent this to you before. There was one particular a clip of a podcast that was going on. These, these guys were sitting around talking about this very thing. And another, another biochemical analysis of things like I don't know, spinach, broccoli, mm-hmm. kale, all this stuff. And they were, they were talking about dozens of known carcinogens per plant. Like, is it really that that serious? Or we're talking about cancer causing? I mean, again, I think I don't know that about that specifically, but I will say that if in the dose makes the poison, so there is a there is an argument to be made for eating some of these 
every once in a while or seasonally because you can get that hormetic effect like we were talking about with the ice bath right so you get exposed to a little bit of this chemical and your body goes okay let's let's make sure we're on guard for this but and i know we're going to talk about this a little later but the the overactive immune system is the problem and so what i see with a lot of people um I was just talking to my friend about putting somebody on a carnivore diet for rheumatoid arthritis because it's an autoimmune condition where the immune system is attacking the joints of the body. So what we want to do is remove everything that could potentially irritate the gut lining. And that would be plant compounds because they can open. In the gut, you have cells that that, uh, are supposed to stay closed. They're called tight junctions. They're supposed to stay closed unless they're supposed to be open to allow nutrients in. But what happens sometimes with some of these plant chemicals is they can actually force those tight junctions open. And that creates uh, a situation where things can get into the bloodstream at larger amounts that they, than they should. And they can, the body can mount an immune response to them. Hmm. And then through a, pl- a process called molecular mimicry, the body can mistake this foreign protein or this foreign sugar for a body part the thyroid often gets implicated in this and so then the body the immune system will start attacking the thyroid Mm. because it's been trained because some other chemical or some other protein has gotten into the bloodstream yeah so it's it's the body is amazing but it's not perfect so we have to kind of protect it so i what what i to nutshell this jenna sorry (laughs) you're gonna have to go back and listen to this again but to try to nutshell this i think i don't think you have to be on a carnivore diet forever you can I, I know people who have been doing it for decades and are perfectly fine and healthy. But I think some level of hormetic stress from plants could be beneficial. But if you have sensitivities and you're, and you're struggling in that area, remove those plants. They're, they're not, they will not be a problem if you go 30, 60 days just eating a purely animal-based diet and see if you can put some of your symptoms into remission. Because I, I, it's amazing how much I've seen this. And there are, plenty, there are plenty of MDs that use this. It is the ultimate elimination diet because you're eliminating everything that could potentially irritate the immune system and the gut and things like meat they just don't do that i can't wait until you come back and we do the whole thread on because what this all comes down to again but animal but animal pay i heard that that's bad for the environment <laughs> i cannot wait until we talk about certain the certain types of food cultivation and what it really means yeah. as far as geologically and everything else it, it's i have that whole thread ready to go and that'll be a, a good day. Matt, you learning something so far? Yeah. I yeah. always learn when he's here. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. This guy's good. Oh, he's good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> when, when we come back, we're going to go through your super chats, and we have other things, including a follow-up on something that popped up uh, on last night's show. Uh, that is the tick-borne illnesses and a few other things. Um, and, then, and then some fun to be done as well. It is a Friday after all. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. It's intermission time, folks. Time out. Press the like button. Thank you. Welcome to intermission. We'll be right back. Yeah, intermission. 
entering. Quite frankly. 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 We all support. Quite frankly. Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. Quite frankly. In Roma, Italia. Quite frankly. You're going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? just fly by and these shows just make it so um so fun they really do they make it fun i wish that it would all just slow down a little bit more though <laughs> um i had a couple of things here first one up listen to this jay yeah, another question that came in this i forgot who this is from damn it frank could you ask jay what supplements or strategies for supporting mitochondria i think this is from a uh, from matt could you ask not this matt Ask Jay what supplements or strategies for supporting mitochondria health. I know this is your wheelhouse. Ooh. The powerhouse of the cell. Yes, it is, Matt. <laughs> that he that he would recommend if there are any tests uh, and if there are any tests to check mitochondria function. So best support or strategies and good tests to to, to see. So I'm waiting for there to be better testing. So let's start with that one. So there are some proxies you can use. Um, CoQ10 is, uh, it's, it's in the mitochondria in the electron transport chain and it helps produce energy. So you can actually test for uh, blood levels of CoQ10. It's not a normal test, it's a functional medicine test, but, but that can give you a proxy. And then I think uh, citrate synthase is an enzyme that is also in the mitochondria that is also used in research as a proxy for mitochondrial health. These are not tests that you're going to go to your doctor and say, <laughs> can you run these? But, but they do run them in labs. Uh, and, and the CoQ10 might be a lot easier to get. So that's one that you could certainly check. Mm. Um, you can also sort of tell the, the mitochondria, again, since it's the powerhouse of the cell, you can also judge by the way you feel. You know, generally speaking, people who have... People who are run down, people who are having, you know, muscle aches and pains, you know, those tend to be people that have mitochondrial dysfunction, generally speaking. It's not always the case, but it's it's part of how I look for things with people. Can it be low testosterone for males? <laughs> so what's interesting about testosterone is we that... We did a whole show about <laughs> yeah. that recently. And the mitochondria is one of the first places where cholesterol is, cholesterol is transformed into uh, testosterone. So yeah, there's definitely a correlation there too. So... Um, and then, okay, and then so it's funny, mitochondrial support nutrients, I would say CoQ10 is one of the big ones, and you can get that over the counter. It's really, yeah. really easy because that, again, that helps support energy production in the cell. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I want to say this, you know, because it's true, and this is part of my, so I'm speaking at KetoCon in, in Texas in April, mm -hmm. and my whole lecture is on the mitochondria. And at the end, I, I 
tie in all of the nutrients because people always ask, well, what, what should I, what kind of supplement should I take? And I say, CoQ10 is a good one. Carnitine is another good one because that actually helps shuttle fat into the mitochondria to be used as energy. Um, uh, B2, riboflavin, which helps actually build part of the electron transport chain to help produce the energy. And creatine, which helps provide energy as well. So all those things are found in red meat. <laughs> so red meat is like a multivitamin for the mitochondria. But if you were to say, if I was to pick a nutrient or two, I would say CoQ10 and carnitine together. Carnitine. Carnitine. L-carnitine? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. They work really well helping you metabolize fat. And then the, the CoQ10 works to help all of those carbon units that are being pulled off of the fats to be able to turn into electrons, shuttle down the electron transport chain and turn into energy. Yeah. L-carnitine is in a lot of pre-workout stuff. Yeah, it helps with uh, beta oxidation, which is fat metabolism. Mm. Wow. Okay. Well, the, well, the, well. There you go. As a, a Matt, a little bit of a crash course yeah. or something that that he could uh, Jay can talk about for obviously. I, I love yeah. when I have ask. all these supplements, and all it says is it's take one hour before meal with glass of water. <laughs> I'm like, well, when's the the most optimal time to take it? Because I know it's not always that. Right. Yeah. They're all a little bit different, but I love any 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 mitochondrial questions are always really fun for me because yeah. Uh, good morning, Frank. Oh, this I think you're gonna like this one. Uh, good morning, Frank. This is from Trish. I just wanted to tell you how much I appreciate you, your show, and guests. Looking forward to tomorrow night. Got this yesterday with Jay, and wanted to tell you my journey so far. I'm a home care PT assistant. I drive nearly 500 miles a week for the last nine years. I got in the habit of snacking and eating while driving, and slowly the pounds just pile on due to not moving as much as I need to. My birthday was in, on January 5th. I turned 41, and I clocked in at 231 pounds. Never been this heavy except when I was pregnant. I've always been a thick girl, but good golly, this is ridiculous. After hearing your shows uh, with Jay, I knew I had to do something. January 16th, I started a 20 hours, ver uh, 24, 20 V4 intermittent fasting. Okay. So 20 off, 20 uh, four on. Mm -hmm. Uh, joined with a local cardio drumming and HIIT class, HIT, hit class, yeah. uh, four times a week, and started getting up early before 4.30 a.m. to do 30 to 45 minutes on the elliptical every morning. It was hard the first week, but holy moly, I feel so much better now. I'm down 24 pounds. My knees, hips, and back don't hurt anymore. I have so much more energy. I feel great. Uh, nice to practice what I preach and to do uh, what I preach to my patients as well. Uh, just wanted to thank you for your show and the inspiration and confidence that I can I can do it. Also, my kids see me and they have more. They've been more active in eating healthier too. So thank you, Frank, for your shows make a difference, Trish. I wanted to bring that up because I mean, Jay, these are the. This is why I love bringing you back. We have a great time and it helps people. I get messages. You know, uh, I got one recently, which you know sometimes it's just shocking because I don't even know these people and I've never worked with them. It's, it's, it's osmosis, right? It's like, it's purely passive information that they've just grabbed hold of and, and made changes. And then the last part of that is that, you know, and then you start to see the kids get involved in doing things, right? And my whole thing is education. That's everything I, you know, I've, I've steered away from working one-on-one -on -one with people because I want to educate people because I want to be able to create more change. And so to hear kids starting to, you know, parents are their role models to, to be able to see kids paying attention to that and then and then perhaps developing better habits and avoiding the pitfalls that we probably all ran into 
that's that's awesome. So congratulations on the 24 pounds that you lost and keep up the good work. Okay, yeah, absolutely. I I, I love getting stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Michelle on Wheels has questions. The idea that meat diet clogs the colon. Uh, well, we were talking about clogs the arteries. I have to imagine this would just be the same same thing. Yeah. Vegetable fiber uh, or that vegetable fiber is necessary to heal the gut. We've talked about fiber in the past too. Yeah, and right after I did that show, a, f a great study came out about fermented foods versus fiber. And fermented foods came out on top uh, in terms of the immune system, in terms of the uh, microbiome diversity. Uh, it was actually an incredible study that came out right after we somebody super chatted that question about fiber. And I said, no, fermented foods are actually better for the gut. And this fantastic study came out of Stanford. And it's funny because the researcher is a vegetarian and he said the results were surprising. Uh -huh. <laughs> I said, well. <laughs> so you're saying instead of a Metamucil, yes. what, what I do every day because of you with the, the, the two ounces of goat kefir in my protein shake, that is that that works to the very same end and better than what they market Metamucil for doing with e fiber. Even better. I happen to have it up right here. It was published in, uh, uh, no, that was a different one. This is, yeah, Stanford. So eating foods like yogurt, kefir, fermented foods, uh, kimchi, other fermented vegetables, fermented brine drinks, kombucha, uh, all led to overall microbial diversity and stronger effects for, uh, for larger servings. In addition, four types of immune cells showed less activation in fermented foods. Uh, the levels of 19 inflammatory proteins measured in blood samples also decreased. Uh, of these proteins, yeah, they went through a couple of different ones. Um, yeah, and the data suggests that increased fiber intake alone over a short period of time is insufficient to increase microbial diversity, unlike the fermented foods. So fermented foods won uh, in this battle, which I just think is kind of amazing because we're told we need fiber for a healthy gut, but actually the fermented foods, and I've experienced this firsthand, and everybody that I know that I've put on fermented foods versus fiber feel a hell of a lot better. So again, um, instead of going and throwing down some fiber one every day, right. go and contact your local farmer, mm -hmm. your dairy local dairy farmer. Either get some, uh, maybe some kefir or whatever, or sauerkraut. some sauerkraut. Yes, um, some beet kvass or something like that. Sure, and anything that's fermented. Yep. I eat, I eat sauerkraut. Uh, that's probably the most <laughs> vegetable I eat. I would say I have sauerkraut a little bit of it with every meal. Wow. And I have kefir every day too. But See, I, I have a little bit of tom a, a little bit of tomato salad every day, uh, but that's not the same thing. No, no. But that, that's what that's my sauerkraut. That's okay. Though it has none of the same function. You could mix both though, a, a tomato salad with a little bit of sauerkraut. I've done that before. Really? Like, is it is it a tomato salad with feta and? No. But, oh, okay. But that sounds great. I should throw well, some of yeah, that in. Well, yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, jeez. One thing it's missing. Now that you've said it, that's the one thing it's missing. I need some feta. Damn it. Shit. <laughs> Matt, you getting all this? I am. Okay. You getting hungry? Just go home and get I some. I am, actually. I didn't eat all day, actually. <laughs> Listen, hey, but when he says sauerkraut, what, now, <laughs> now, when you say sauerkraut, uh, it, it's, it, is it, uh, if you're in a pinch, can you go to the AMP and get some jarred sauerkraut? Sure. And that would be just as well? Mm, sure. I actually just stopped at the uh, that market uh, on the way, because it, it's, you know, it's 25 miles from my apartment, so... Um, the Green Organic Market has, uh, so Wild Brine is a brand. I have no affiliation, but just a brand I like. Cleveland Kraut, they're all like these raw sauerkrauts and they come in different flavors. And the one I picked up today was uh, Whiskey Dill. I used to love putting sauerkraut on my on my hot dogs. My grandfather, yeah. my grandfather would make it. It'd be the only time I'd ever have it. He would make sauerkraut and I would, I'd, I'd put it on my hot dogs with a little bit of mustard. 
and I haven't had it in years. Have I got to start do, this this year, this summer. I've you can never get it from the, it. you can get it from the farm, from the farm that you order from. Mm. That's where I get a lot. That's where I get mine from usually, and you can make it too. But the farm is really easy. Oh, it's so good. I'll give you the link I for that. Never yeah. tried it. It's it's it, they're Amish. They deliver from Pennsylvania. Oh, I'm talking about the uh, sauerkraut. I've never tried sauerkraut. Oh yeah 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 yeah. But yeah. I'm saying. Uh, again, that place that you wanted to look into. Yeah. Um, here we go. Uh, ben Allen Herferberger says, So glad to see Matt is back in the studio. I think him and I have a mutual acquaintance. Will you please ask him, do you know Irma Gay? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good setup. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been out. I've been recovering from my botched surgery. <laughs> Your bo- well, what, what, what were you getting surgery for? I was getting my penis in Enlarged and they botched it. Oh. So yeah, and next next Tuesday my name will be Matilda. <laughs> Six inches forward and five inches back. I got a I got an angry inch. <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, the uh, when what you call it? Uh, typo negative uh, covered angry inch. Oh, that's an amazing amazing song. My sex change operation got botched. My guardian angel fell asleep on the watch. Oh my God, it's a barb in the crotch. I got an angry inch. Great record. Great record. Great record. Great record. <laughs> Where is it? Where the hell is it? I should, I should have this up over here. Great record. Great record. Great record. I should have it right here by my thumb at all times. Great record. Excellent album. Excellent album. Excellent album. <laughs> Hard Day's Night was on. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, you are the quiet one, so when you shut the fuck up. Hard Day's Night was how guilty as charged. Um, all right, Stostube says, To the quite frankly world, the quite frankly world has aligned on this fine Friday. Not only is Matt back uh, on tonight, but the one and only Jay Gulinello is back in studio. Great Friday show to kick off the weekend. Thank you, gents. Beyond great independent media as always. Thank you, Stostube. I would also like to, you know, also mention something about quite frankly world, but today is Rob's birthday. Uh, oh, Rob's happy birthday. birthday Rob. Happy birthday. So, so if you want to give him a nice, nice little birthday present, go to uh, kungfuchannel.com and sign up for the Saturday morning, Saturday morning uh, uh, class he's going to do tomorrow. So there you go, kungfuchannel.com. That's on the affiliates too. It's Rob's birthday. Go say hello. Um, let's see. So Stu, we did that. Jenna, we did that. Uh, Gino says just caught up on last night. Jay Dyer is a great guy to discuss the Banson debate, presuppositions and transcendental arguments for God. He's done numerous talks on them. Would love to hear you two discuss. Love to Matt, Jay, and the family, Francis. Thank you, Gino. And yeah, maybe I'll, I'll reach out to Jay about that. Although, he's going to be doing book club with me starting on Monday. So, uh, Let's see. American Girl 3 says, Hi, everyone. My sister-in-law is subclinical hyperthyroid. TSH goes as low as... 0.05, then quickly rebounds, but T3 and T4 are fine. Big weight fluctuations, though she works out, eats well. She's sick enough to get heart palpitations, but not enough for meds or surgery. Do you have any anything that you can help with? I mean, anytime it's thyroid, I, I have to start with the gut. I, was there anything in there mentioned of uh, TPO antibodies? No. Just TSH, T4, and T3, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you said hypo correct hypothyroid she says where the hell is it uh subclinical hyper hyperthyroid thyroid okay um yeah i mean that's that but that's, hypo but 0.05 if it's low that would be hypo 
maybe they're getting. Uh, I have to take a look at the at the at the labs. I okay. mean, but 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 always always start with the gut first because. Uh, and also what I would say as a recommendation is see if you can get TPO antibody tests too, to see, it's so funny because we were just talking about this. What I say the, that the thyroid tends to be one of the first targets of the immune system because the tissue just happens to look similar to certain proteins. So the TPO antibody test will tell you if the immune system is attacking the thyroid. So you, mm. wanna, you wanna see where this is coming from. But if T4 and T3 are normal, um, that tells me that it could be something in the hypothalamus or the pituitary that's going wrong. So, um, so it, it may not be, it may not be primary hypothyroid. So I can look into it more, but see, see if you can get a see, see if you can get a TPO well, antibody e e test. Email too. the show, quite frankly, podcast at gmail dot com, and I can always forward along to to um, to Jay. Uh, if there's a, if there's more details on that, there's so much to the thyroid. There are so many different tests that you really need to to be able to put it in context. Uh, here's one from Bad Andy on Rockfin. Says, can you ask Jay what kind of salt he would recommend? I saw a post about a study out of Australia that showed that high levels of lead are in most Himalayan sea salts. I've definitely seen that. I use Redmond Real Salt the most because it actually comes from a underground uh, lake in Utah, or it's not a lake anymore. It's where a lake used to be, an ancient lake, and it's underground, so it's not doesn't get polluted with microplastics from the sea. And so, so I, I use Redmond Real Salt. That's my go-to. Redmond Real Salt. Okay. Thank you, Todd Fife, for a very generous tip over there on Rockfin as well. Love our Rockfin crowd. They're <coughs> small, cozy, and lively. Uh, just to make sure, I have a couple over here on Rumble. First one is from Linda Love. Says, hi, guys. Great show. I wanted to tell Jay I quit cigarettes a month ago. <laughs> Was she listening in to our conversation? Prior to the show starting? <laughs> Jay, Jay, had brought, Jay had brought Linda up because she showed up to his, um, his first annual um, a retreat and he mentioned that she had she said i want to kick these damn things that's and awesome so that's a month ago i quit a month ago his retreat last year inspired me thanks oh linda we were just how funny is that we were just talking about it off air so good for you keep it up hopefully if i see you in september you'll be uh what that'll be nine months or so that's great uh, uh here's a wonderful rumble rant from hugh jadick <laughs> says happy happy <laughs> happy Friday Jay Matt and Frank thank you happy That's Friday good. to you all as well thank you Hugh <laughs> thank you Hugh um, yes okay there's a lot there's a lot coming in and I want to do I want to do two more over here then we'll get to I mean I guess it's just the, what the, the rest of the night will be who cares um, Larkstar says, Dear Frank, thank you for providing such meaningful uh, viewing pleasure nightly, bringing us together with the like-minded individuals for some quality time with you. Well, I, it's quality time, no doubt about it. I've, I, never, I never feel anything but fulfilled, at least by the audience. Sometimes I let myself down. I feel when I, I, whenever I walk out of here unfulfilled, it's because I feel like I could have done better. But it's always great to know that the audience is out there and uh, and. It's just nice to have that camaraderie. So thank you, Lark, as always. Albert Frederick says, Jay, are those same things found in red meat also found in eggs and chicken? I have been pounding about three dozen eggs a week, full spread of tissues, uh, tissue salts, fulvic acid, and a ton of beef, but thinking about adding in some chicken, also organic vinegar. Yeah, I mean, chicken's mostly, mostly protein. I, I tend to make chicken my least consumed meat 
just less nutrient value in general. You're not going to get anything in chicken that you're not getting in beef, that's for sure. Um, I'd have to check on the CoQ10 thing. Um, actually, heart is one of the highest concentrations of CoQ10. So that's why... Uh, I eat chicken hearts. Yeah. So, so yeah. So heart, if you're going to do that, yeah, you'll get some good CoQ10 there. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. All right. So then, so that sounds like a pretty good diet you got going on there. Well, 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 the three dozen eggs a week—that's that's that's nice. That's a lot of multivitamins. No doubt. It's funny that he said he's pounding. He's pounding it. I've been pounding the chicken, but uh, but it's just you know relentless. It's just a relentless pounding over there. I just I just pictured him pounding the eggs, like you know, to to mix it, you know, to scramble it. (laughs) <laughs> like George Washington would? Yeah, he probably did. Uh, let's see here. Um, San Francisco Green Eyes says, did eggs and cheese, uh, wait, did eggs and cheese was doing well, then got kidney stones. Thoughts? I did eggs and cheese was doing well, but then I got kidney stones. I mean, kidney stones, they develop over a very long period of time. So that. I don't know how long you're I hope doing I don't have any. the eggs and cheese. I've actually had them. So I don't know. And they're they're horrible. Yeah, I don't want to. Because my cousin <laughs> had it did, and they had to put a string up his, his pee. Yeah, his yeah. pee pee. And then he had a hopefully, on it. Yeah, hopefully came out of can, his pee pee. Oh, <laughs> there are some things you can do to. <laughs> it's okay, guys. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> but they develop over a long period of time. So uh, it would depend on how long you were having the eggs and cheese. But if they're calcium oxalate stones, they come from. The oxalates come from plants. So I would be. I would be curious on how long you're eating. I, I, in other words, what I'm saying is I don't think it came from the, the cheese and the, and the eggs. Gotcha. So eggs don't cause that? Yeah. Okay. Oh, All right, well, my nuts hurt. <laughs> I know. It, and it doesn't even come from your nuts either. Yeah, I know. It, but it's my just, sides and my nuts It was one now. of the most painful experiences I've ever gone yeah, through. Now, imagine. did you have to pee into a strainer? No, I didn't. So it just spontaneously, I don't know what happened. It just one day I shifted positions and it stopped hurting and then it never came back. But it was a good two weeks of excruciating. I mean, I couldn't even, I couldn't even, I could barely walk. I couldn't even really lie down. That's what I hear. It was awful. Uh, I just hope that, I, I just pray, I just pray that I'm just one of the lucky ones who never has anything Well, if it happen. happens, let me know. There are things you can do. Oh, no. <laughs> Some supplements you can take. Please don't touch Please. Hey, okay. let me also say, because these super chats have inspired me to look up certain things, and anytime I say I don't know something and I say I'll check out later on, if you go to my Substack tomorrow, uh, Sunday, somebody asked about nitrates, you know, in meat. Uh, I remember, it was, I think it was the last time I was here, and I said I have an evolving theory on this. So I finished the theory, and I wrote a really long article on it, and it's going to come out on Sunday. You so, mean like in like salami? Yeah. So, you know, cured meats and things like that. So if you are the person who asked about nitrates, or even if you're not, uh, go check out the Substack. It's coming out on Sunday. You can do it for free. Uh, it's perpetualhealth.substack.com. Real quick, is it bad or no? No, it's fine. Gabagool. Hey, Gabagool. Right here. There's the Reader's Digest version. Is it bad? No. no. <laughs> yes. Uh, so if I have a salami and provolone sandwich, it's totally good. Fine. But mm. it's the bread that's the problem. Yeah, it's you, always the bread. Use a whole wheat. Well, so if I have a, a salami and provolone mm. roller coaster that I just roll them up and I just oh, have... That's, a fa- that's my favorite way to do it. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's... a. There's something. I, Vince Gironda recommended that roast beef and in, in a cheese. You can yeah. roll it up and eat it throughout the day yeah. with like you know some soft boiled eggs. Yeah, but just think think beef about beef liver tablets. I gotta do that. Like again. you remember when we got together yeah. on New Year's Eve? Whenever I, Jay, 
whenever I get together, whenever I I host New Year's Eve, I told you it was a cold cuts is a it's a big part of our family tradition. But there's nothing like slapping that cold cuts between mm. a really fresh gooey roll. Well, of yeah. course, yeah. I mean, Jay, if it was your last day on Earth, oh God, here we go. This happens every time I'm here. If, I, I try to throw. <laughs> last I, time it was ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> if, if this was your last day, like it's it, we just knew this is our last meal. And and uh, you have done a wonderful. The, your your life's work has been just pure, and you have had utmost integrity. But we are all just like we're staring this gigantic calamity. There's a, there's an asteroid. It's it's gonna take us out. And it was okay. What's what are you having for your last meal? Where where are you going for your last meal? My Italian grandmother's lasagna. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I make a version of it without the noodles, and it's still pretty awesome. It's high protein, but I would probably have her original recipe, nineteen forties. Would yeah. you? Okay, so then, <laughs> so then you would have grandma's lasagna. Would uh, after lasagna, would you have a Hagen Dazs uh, or a uh, a Good Humor ice cream bar? What did I pick? Last? Rum raisin, I think was was one rum of the. Raisin? Yeah, and you're like, yeah, of course you pick one with fruit in it. Yeah. <laughs> what what about? But what about this? Uh, would you did you, out of all of the Good Humor bars, what did you like the most? The the chocolate center, the toasted almond, or the strawberry shortcake? Oh. Strawberry shortcake was mine, but I like the almond, too. Yeah. I like almonds, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Matt? What, the toasted almond? What, what, uh, what if you, if you was the last day on Earth? <clears throat> oh, what would I, I would say, like, yeah, my, maybe my mom's meatballs, mm. or yeah, my, my nanny's, you know, one of just or pasta dishes. And what about as a dessert? If you're gonna have anything to just, just enjoy, uh, probably a carvel milk. Carvel, carvel, carvel. You get fudgy the whale. Yeah. <laughs> during during the summer during the summertime, if we're all hanging Cooking out, puns. if we're all hanging out in the backyard in the summertime, we've been barbecuing or whatever. We're now it's just like nighttime and the and you know the the tiki torches are on and uh, you know uh, we're we're just just hanging out. It inevitably at some point. Uh, Matt will go. Did somebody just say Carvel? <laughs> <laughs> Do milkshakes make you fat? I guess it depends on how much sugar is in them. But not the milkshake itself. I mean, you can make those with protein powder and eggs and 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 uh, raw milk. Oh, you can definitely make a milkshake like food. Yeah. Oh, by the way, everybody in the chat room—they are just flooding the chat rooms with all of the things that they would eat. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna make—I'm gonna make a show about that. Maybe a, a following next Friday or something. We'll do a call-in show, or some on a night that we just need to relax. We'll do a call-in show, and at least one of the topics will be: it's your last meal on Earth. What's it gonna be? Death row meal. Yeah, d d death row meals. You know they don't have that anymore. What? They got rid of that because it was just getting so ridiculous. That's, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if maybe just a few prisons, but I'm pretty sure that wow. there's no more of that because uh, it was someone, some high profile. Well, now I'm definitely just not going on. Ask for such ridiculous shit. They're like, yeah, enough of this. <laughs> they probably asked for a caramel cake. Yeah, what do they need to be full for? They're gonna be dead. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Now I don't. I don't. Well, let's see if that, that in reality. In reality, if you said, okay, it's your last meal because you're going to be killed soon, uh, I wouldn't be able to fucking eat. I know. I, I no wouldn't appetite. be. Like, that, that's, that's the reality of the thing. And if I were able to eat, it would be something like, can I have a Snickers ice cream bar? <laughs> something something that's just, you know, I, or I don't know, a soup, a French onion soup. I, I don't know. I, I can't. I can't go to, to take, the, you know. 
dead man walking with a with a <laughs> belly full of chicken. I can't do that. But um, we'll get to that some of the night. French onion soup's on the menu too. Remember, you can do it with bone broth and some raw cheese melted on the top. French onion soup is a go. I love. Even French if it's not your death row meal. So so does Lauren. Lauren loves French yeah. onion soup. Yeah. Um, here we go. Mitochondria Matt says thanks, Frank. <laughs> a small tip for the best indie media in the game. Thanks to Jay for the for the knowledge and Matt for repping the name well. Mattarchy for life. <sighs> And uh, and then you say, uh, Larkstar says, the Franklies want to hear a belly laugh from Matt. Please, Matt, you just, well, well you can't just tell somebody to laugh. A belly laugh? <laughs> we'll get <to> the, <laughs> yeah, see, I need to go on that diet now. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, let's see here. Uh, one more. American girl, then we'll get back to this later. Hi again. I just, I was asked to clarify, and yes, she is subclinical hyper. Hyperthyroid. Okay. Her TPO is less than 3.0. <coughs> if it is uh, too involved, please let me know where to send you the info. Just email the show, yeah. American Girl. Yeah, I would love to dig into that a little bit more. If for nothing else, Jay just likes to, to research things. It's <laughs> really. I would be doing that on a Friday night anyway, so yeah. might as well do it here. Um, all right. Let's see. 829. I want to. Oh, my God. Okay. There's so much. Uh, here's a question that I think is a good one. Where is it? Jenna from South Carolina again says, Hey, Jay, I know you love nutrition info, but when are we going to hear your music? Well, Jay, I am really surprised that somebody, thank, thankfully, somebody asked about it because we found your music. Oh, dear. <laughs> what did you find? Uh, we found, I found a, uh, I found a YouTube, a YouTube account for Band of Heroes. Uh, that's them. And here is the Wanton song. By Led Zeppelin. Oh, you, mind, you, you mind if I play a little bit of this? No, go right ahead. Okay, this is this is Jay. Where did you all film right. this for? The, first of all, this was in Brooklyn. This was an outdoor festival. I was gonna say it looks like the Bronx or Brooklyn. Yeah, so, yeah. Here, listen to this. No. Yeah. Look, there's Jay right there. What? Would you that you singing? Yeah. You the yeah. singer? Yeah. It's great. Yeah, that's awesome. Holy shit! Thank you. So, how, so, so do you do you do you still get together with everybody and play from time to time? Yeah, we haven't in a bit because uh, I was in grad school. But um, yeah, yeah. It's all the, I, <laughs> there's there's Jay, dude. The, I know. Uh, I thought it was going to be under pressure. That's the one that you. That was the one that sort of when we released it a few years ago. Had a little viral moment, not on YouTube, but it was on Facebook. It had like seventy-five thousand views, and then and then YouTube pulled it because of copyright, I guess. Well, this has ten thousand views. Yeah. So it's yeah. nice. A band of heroes, well, ladies and gentlemen. We're actually an original band. This was just happened to be a a cover that people asked us to do, and we're like, okay. I, I'm a Led Zeppelin fan. I'll tell you, that's like that's probably one of the best covers I've ever oh, heard. Thanks, that's man. fucking tight. I appreciate it. That's awesome. So there you go. That was my that was my undergrad. <laughs> Before nutrition, it was music. I went to Berkeley and. Well, I know that you're you're. Uh, st we we found um we found your your acting profiles too, <laughs> like your headshots for acting. Yeah 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 yeah. 
That's hey, why look. I moved to New York. That's why I'm here. Well, listen, that's why we we, we vibe so well together. Yeah, we, yeah, it's yeah. The, we obviously yeah. we all have a uh, we all grew up in the same way. We mm -hmm. all are involved in the same type of stuff. Yep, that's right. Sid, you know, I know it's nutrition, but it's also performance at the same time. You have to sell. You, you know, this is a, when you find something you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. We only know how to perform. Well, you know, when I go do these these conferences, I feel right at home on stage. I feel like my my presentations are more interesting than some of the other presenters who are even smarter than me, but they don't have the ability to work a crowd or understand if your presentation is falling flat. You got to do something. You got to change it up. So, I feel like I'm combining both worlds. You know. So, yeah, indeed. Or try. No doubt. I love. <laughs> I love it. Um, let's see here. Uh, okay, so this is something from last night. And I don't want to start this too late or else we're going to run out of time because we're already running out of time and we have a half hour left. We, I, had a, uh, I had a super chat that came in last night and I, at first I didn't know what I was being asked. Um, somebody was talking about how they have, uh, their, they have Alpha Gal. Alpha Gal and it was, bec uh, it was from a, a Lone Star Tick. And when I said when I heard Alpha Gal Lone Star Tick, I thought that it was like somebody was being cute about you know, like an Alpha Gal, like an Alpha Male, or something like that. And then I started, and then I said, wait, wait, a Lone Star Tick? Is this something? And then I realized that this is a another uh, tick-borne illness, hmm. and it's pretty serious. That it causes it causes really severe allergic reaction to mammalian foods. So, I mean, not not just beef, but I've seen over here uh, poultry, and the the one the one audience member sent in a little bit more of a uh, background of, of how it's affected her, and it's what what she describes is 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 heartbreaking, um, how severe this is. Uh, I told you a little bit of, to give you a little bit of a heads up on this. What can what do you know, and what what kind of uh, experience you've had with tick-borne illnesses like Lyme, or especially this? So very little to none. In fact, I've never had any clinical experience with it at all. So I, I had, I think I told you, I had your show on in the background last night and I thought the same thing when the, when the question came in, cause I was doing, I was doing other work and, um, and then I heard you say it. And so I started digging into a few papers and I actually found a very recent paper, like a few months ago that, that came out. So there is no established protocol to treat this. Essentially they just say, good luck, you know, just avoid all you know, red meat and, you know, mammalian products. So I had to dig a little bit deeper to figure out if there was any treatment or, or really what I first start to do is figure out what is the mechanism of action. So what's happening in the body and then to figure out if there's a way to, you know, circumvent that, or if there's a supplement or a, some kind of a lifestyle change we can do. So what's really weird about this is that this is from, this is an allergic reaction. This is an overactive immune system to the saliva of this tick. The saliva, uh, so the reason it's called alpha-gal, let me back up, the reason it's called alpha-gal is because it is, it's a, an allergic reaction to a specific sugar. Now most allergic reactions are to proteins. So this is unusual in the fact that it's to a sugar and it's to an oligosaccharide called galactose alpha-1,3-galactose. That's why they call it alpha-gal. Mm -hmm. so, so that's one, that's one thing. Now it's an IgE uh, triggered reaction. So IgE is usually like anaphylaxis. That's really dangerous. That's the kind of stuff that people usually have to have EpiPens for. Um, they usually have to go to the ER if it's, if it's that serious. Um, causes what's known as basal cell activation. So that's what, that's what creates this, this potentially dangerous situation. Um, it could be something as simple as hives, rash, but it can actually cause death as well. 
Mm. So you kind of have to know. And, and the other weird thing is that most of the time when this happens, when you have an, an allergic reaction, IgE specifically, um, it's almost instantaneous. But what's weird about this, this alpha gal, is that it's actually, a, it's like three or four, two or three or four hours after ingestion. So presumably that means the body has to break down the meat or whatever this sugar is contained in. So the sugar is not normally in the human body, but it is in animals. So that's why, and it's in this tick and it's in the saliva of the tick. And so it penetrates the skin and it gets into the bloodstream. And that's when the immune system recognizes it as an invader. So it mounts this response. The immune system is now on high alert. So now what happens is every time you eat an animal product and it goes through the digestive process, once that sugar's into the bloodstream, it immediately recognizes it as that same invader. And so it starts attacking. Mm. So that's what's causing these symptoms. <clears throat> so there is no established protocol to treat it. They have nothing. Uh, but this paper was really interesting. It's, and it's something that I was going to say, whoever this person was that, that you know, texted you or that uh, emailed the show, have them reach out to me. You know, Because I, I was actually up late last night with a colleague of mine and her and I were going over this because I had never seen it before clinically. She, I don't think, has ever seen it before, but we just kind of broke it down and said, okay, what, you know, what could we do? So this paper recommends a few things. One, very interestingly, um, it does respond to certain biological drugs that help uh, reduce activity of IgE. So um, I won't go through the names because it doesn't really matter, but there are, some, there are some drugs that work for it. But they also recommended things like antihistamines and mast cell stabilizers. Mast cells are what... Uh, in the body, they release histamine, so they cause this allergic response. So something that we were thinking about using was quercetin, which is a mast cell stabilizer. Um, the other thing I would do is say, uh, well, let me go through the other thing. So acupuncture was something else that was seemed to be effective, although they don't know the mechanism why, but it seems to be helpful. Um, and then what was really interesting is oroimmunotherapy using mammalian meat or dairy products. So what that is, and this is what I would do, this is a full removal for X amount of time. So you're taking 30, 60, 90 days, complete removal of any offending product. And most likely the person knows. Some people can't even do fish or pork or dairy. Some people can. So you gotta figure out whatever is causing the reaction. Then you need to remove that completely for a, subs you know, we'll prescribe a period of time. Then what they were doing in this study, they were actually reintroducing it in microdoses in order to train, and then uh, I'm, I'm thinking alongside therapies that are going to stabilize those mast cells. So you're, you're sort of like putting a leash on the immune system while you reintroduce the antigen that the body is being triggered by. And hopefully, in these case studies, they were able to move people from like 0 0.000005 milligrams of, <laughs> of meat all the way up to 100 grams. So they were actually able to reintroduce this into people. That's what that's what oral immunotherapy is. Mm. So what I would say to this person and to anybody with this, again, this is all theoretical because I've never actually treated it in a clinic. So I would say find the most nutrient dense food you can because removing all those animal products is going to be bad. You know, you're 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 losing a lot of your nutrients and I wouldn't want to lean on the plant products as we just talked about the fact that now you're adding a whole bunch of chemicals. So if you can eat eggs and you can eat fish or chicken or something, find something you can eat like that and lean on it heavily. Then I would put them on an elimination diet of not just that but anything else that could help heal up the gut. I'd probably provide a few a few things, a few supplements that would help heal and seal the gut to make sure the gut barrier is nice and solid. And then after a certain period of time, 
you know, I would do a little bit of research on what the best amount of, you know, the, the optimal amount of time would be. And then I would start reintroduction of just little bits of this, of this, you know, this sugar and hope that the antihistamines and the mast cell stabilizers all kept the immune system in check. And if not, then I would remove and I would sort of play this sort of like back and forth game until I was able to steadily increase the dose. And again, that's theoretical because some people it spontaneously reverses and some people it never reverses. Wow. So it's, it's really serious and, you know, you'd want to have certain things on hand just in case, especially if you know the reaction is bad, you would want to have things like Benadryl on hand or, you know, but um, I think there is, you know, in this study there are even things like hard cheese and dairy were able to, were associated with spontaneous resolution. Uh, so it, it's, it's a real unknown, but after talking it through last night for a good hour, um, I feel like there's potential to be able to deal with it. And it seems to be something that's increasing, ever increasing um, in the US right now, especially I looked at a map east of the Mississippi. So I don't know, Matt, you may have some you know, well, information on well, that. Well, I mean, <clears throat> you spray, you, you, have, you must be called into spray for ticks all the time. No, but I think this summer we're going to start doing it. But I mean, I like was doing a job a couple months ago for coyotes in the woods and I, I came out, there was like three ticks on my pants. Yeah. On your pants. Yeah. You, you ever, I, I told Jay before, I removed one from under my arm maybe about eight years ago. I did the head got, got under, but I, I grabbed it real, real ginger around the shoulders and I did not rip too hard because I, I didn't want to decapitate yeah. it. Yeah. And it came out and everything was fine. Uh, no ring, no nothing. My uncle, my uncle got, uh, got bit by a tick, I think two two or three summers ago and when he found it they he took it out and he already had a big red circle around oh. it but i mean he doesn't have lime uh, he went to the doctor they treated it. i thought that the the the, the red bullseye meant nah, that not all the time not okay. all the time thankfully but i had a tick once it going in me like like you did but i had it someplace way worse than that bro. the ball sack no Right, because I was were, I was in the woods. I took a piss. Was walking on a trail, and I it was like right under the the tip. You no. know where the tip meets get, the shaft. Get out of here! Uh, well, yeah, let's go pee again. I'm like, the hell is that? And it was sticking out, and I pulled it out. It's like this fucking thing. Oh my wow. gosh! Wow, man. Well, you know, I just wanted to say real quick. You know, some of the risk factors for this I thought were just interesting uh, males tend to be more at risk for developing this so again because not everybody that gets bit develops alpha gal so there seems to be some or Lyme a pre right there seems to be a predisposition so hypersensitivity to uh, medications if you're on a cancer drug um, uh, let's see a and O blood types um, any kind of a heart valve transplant, um, a history of anaphylaxis. So there are several things. And obviously if you're working in a forest worker, you know, your environment, but so there seem to be some predisposing factors. And I would also add in there if the, if the, if the immune system is already on alert for other things, right? There's like a, a certain point where the bucket overflows with, with, um, with stressors so I would say if you've got a leaky gut if you've got some of those other things going on you may be more disposed because again not everybody that gets bit has the issue but again I think there might be a way around this um, it would be very experimental because there's just n there's no protocol yet but uh, after thinking it through I, I mean 
there's there's hope, I guess, is what I'm saying. Is well, it, it you know? Well, well, we'll see if we can get you in touch with her as well, and 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 yeah. uh, and maybe you can because if ever it's one of those things where if everybody has thrown their hands up and uh, and throw you know raise the white flag, then why not try anything? Especially if it's just all nutritional tweaks. Yeah. Nutrition is um, the real medicine. Yeah, that's what uh, what's his name said. The father of modern medicine. Hippocrates. What's his name? Yeah, that's. <clears throat> I that invented medicine. Said that. <laughs> I have a question here. This one came from King. This one, came, this one came from King. I've been waiting for a King. I've been on the show how many times and have not gotten a King question. Well, here's Are you your sure. Here it is. <laughs> no. <laughs> here it is. I, I, if, if, if this was a three-hour show, uh, maybe what we do next time you come in, see, there's there's a few big topics I want to do with you, Jay. And if we do a big deep dive, then we it has to be one of those things between the super chats. The super chats will tie you down for at least an hour. <laughs> um, and then if we take calls, then I mean we can be we would need to do like a three hour show. So maybe one night we just do a call in show. Yeah. Um, because the the specialty topics they they make it a real big balancing act as far as managing the clock. Um, here's for, uh, here's a uh, here's a question from King. He says uh, Frank. I have a weight loss question for your boy. He said, my brajol is... <laughs> <laughs> There's your belly laugh, by the way. Uh, <laughs> he said, Frank, my, my brajol is overweight. It's fat like a Pepsi can. I want to slim it down just a little bit so the broads, so the broads have a little easier time with it. What can I do? So he's got a girth issue. Yes, he's, he's, <laughs> and the, the broads can't handle it anymore. You so can't, what <laughs> King, you can't spot reduce. <laughs> Actually, you know, it was funny. I remember, I think maybe it was the second time I was on or the first time, King called in and he m mentioned having like a bunch of eggs for breakfast <laughs> or that's what he used to have for breakfast. Yeah. He was right on track. Yeah. Uh, his nutrition is right on track. So, so Just keep it up, King. So should he have less eggs? To, no. Will that shrink your dick? Uh, no, more eggs. More, more eggs will shrink. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, what it'll do is it'll, it'll build the rest of you in proportion to. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, so it'll, it'll create, it'll create an optical illusion exactly. that your dick is exactly. getting smaller. Exactly. Yes. We're, we're David Copperfielding this. All right. So <laughs> it'd be funny. He does that and then he gets too big. Then his dick is too small. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it. That's it, King. You just, you have to make the rest of yourself bigger. So that looks smaller. It's all optical illusion. Right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's see here. Minnesota. I appreciate a king message. I, I I feel now like I'm actually part of the family. Uh, th oh yeah, well, this is what I'm saying. If we <laughs> we're, we're going to have to do just a call in night because then we can we can we can get this, and I think that would be really interesting. But um, there's so many topics, you know, it's it's yeah. hard to balance it all out. And can you imagine if we were doing this on terrestrial radio and oh, we had man. to take a break every <laughs> 15 minutes for five minutes worth of commercials? <laughs> I mean, the yeah. fact that we have two solid hours of talk. I mean, two solid hours of talk in terrestrial radio is like nearly a five-hour show. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. uh, it's, 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 not, it's really a great place to be in. Uh, the Minister of Chocolate, our, our good buddy Justin out there. Yes at Yes Cacao, says, yes, enjoying every second with you guys. I wanted to let Jay know that Yes Cacao got a booth at KetoCon in Austin. Get out of here. You guys have got to get together. We're going to meet. That's so cool. <laughs> Looking forward to meeting you and hearing your panel. Love you, Frank and Matt. The psilocybin in mushrooms turns into uh, uh, a psilocine. 
within stomach acid or silicin, silicin, P S I L O C Y N. I don't know what that is. Okay. Psilocybin in mushrooms turns into silicin. If I'm saying that right, I don't know. With stomach acid. Okay. So now I'm thinking of like aspirin. Um, if he's okay. I'm gonna ask him at KetoCon. I can't, this is so good. I that am is so, so happy cool. To, so happy you guys are gonna be meeting. So he sent me a, a little box of, of goodies at what, uh, while I was wearing my continuous glucose monitor, and uh, his chocolate tested pretty awesome. And I've got a new set of glucose monitors, and uh, I saved some chocolate so that I could, so that I could like officially experiment on them. So I've been holding on to this box that he sent me months ago. I have not eaten all of his chocolate because I wanted to test it against a new blood sugar meter so that's how much i respect his product so what, I, didn't, I didn't eat it all i saved it so that i could experiment with it what are you looking for that are you looking to to eat the yes cacao and try and monitor whether or not it will shoot your blood sugar up exactly. like like hershey's will exactly or whether you can it'll actually remain stable mm -hmm. therefore uh, uh thus proving that it's more of a botanical health food than Absolutely. anything else. Yep, yep. You want to avoid those huge blood sugar excursions. And then, of course, he put some amazing botanicals in there that have, you know, nutritional value. So uh, it's actually, I mean, in, in a lot of ways, chocolate, depending on how it's made, can be considered a health food. So, and let me tell you something. KetoCon has a policy. They don't allow vendors to have booths that have products that have questionable ingredients. So, and I, because I know the organizer um and so the fact that he's going to be there says a lot about his product so well, he, sh he should be happy and proud that's great i don't i don't know what uh, what, what justin at yes cacao which is on the affiliates page on quite frankly tv by the way i don't know what justin has done in the past but i would be very uh, excited if i were him because a like you said if you're getting to KetoCon, he must have passed some kind of a sniff test mm -hmm. but the fact that you are about to provide him potentially with some really great clinical data yes is uh, that's that's gonna be really good for him. Yeah, it's, hey, um, maybe we'll have to talk to him about getting some of those chocolates at the retreat this year. Congratulations, uh, Justin. You, you have yeah. some good things coming your way. Uh, let's see here. Over on Rockfin, Chuck Seller says, uh, Chuck Seller says, is leaky gut sufficient to raise C-reactive protein Ooh. to abnormally high levels, or is there likely some other significant inflammatory concern? <clears throat> so C-reactive protein, the CRP, is a, is a general marker of systemic inflammation, so it's nonspecific. So if you have elevated CRP, basically it's a crapshoot, right? But it's good. It's a good test because it's an independent risk factor for heart disease, and it, and it does tell you the body is dealing with something. But you can have elevated CRP even after a workout. Um, but I would say if you also know you have leaky gut, for sure, it can definitely cause that. So... Again, removal of any offending food, that's always the first phase. If, it, if there are foods that are causing the issue, grains, that's what I also meant to mention about the um, <clears throat> alpha-gal. I would, I would remove grains and wheat and all that stuff because that's just irritating the gut. So we wanna seal up that gut, so get away from those foods. Um, similar, if you're gonna, if, you're, if your CRP is related to your leaky gut, you gotta, it's not just gluten-free, you've gotta remove grains, you gotta remove wheat, just for a while. Um, you can nutritionally you're not going to miss them uh but they could make a big difference in terms of the gut and i would be curious how they know they have leaky gut or maybe it's just a suspicion there are some tests you can do but um the short answer is yes leaky gut can definitely lead to inflammation uh chuck also said that tick was obviously gay <laughs> so oh, that, that one definitely so you, that yeah you don't want to want to mess around there okay <laughs> let's see here um 
Uh, that's a little bit on Rockfin. Let me go back to Rumble. Tropical Rocket says, is olive oil bad for you? No. No. It's good. Good. It's a monounsaturated fat, so it's much better than the polyunsaturated fat. So the ones you want to stay away from are the canola, soybean, safflower, sunflower, you know, those oils. Those are in all processed foods. Olive oil, uh, coconut oil, avocado oil are the only plant fats that I would use. But I would not cook in avocado oil. Okay. Um, but, but avocado oil and olive oil are monounsaturated fats. That refers to basically their chemistry. So they're less likely to be damaged by heat and light. So they're less prone to oxidation. Okay. So olive oil is good. You said olive oil, you said uh, avocado oil and, and what? Coconut oil. And coconut which oil. Which is highly saturated, which is why it's so good. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, because I've heard people just saying that they will, they'll, they'll have a tablespoon of coconut oil just off the spoon a day. Yeah, you can do uh, it. As part of like a daily, d depending on what they're working through or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, for, first principles on Rockfin, uh, on uh, Rumble Rant. This is an interesting one says, considering you guys are all from the Northeast, how concerned are you about now finding dioxins in your local produce? I, I'm, I'm even looking at where the bottled water uh, is coming from now. I, I don't know what to say. Yeah, I don't have, unfortunately, I don't have as much information as I would like, although the farm did send out an email about that. I saw that. They're monitoring it, so that's good to know they're aware of it. They also said, they, uh, the, the farm said that uh, in Pennsylvania, because they are in western Pennsylvania, they're closer to, to Ohio, they said they've been monitoring the air quality and that at right now, because all of the cows are stabled and all that, right. they're eating all of the fermented hay yep. from, they're not grazing right now, they're mm -hmm. eating all the fermented Smart. hay from last season. Yeah. Smart. So, um, they should probably put some fans around too to pull the air <laughs> Shoot, I don't know. Big fans. I just, you know, I, honestly, whenever I take the tap water out and I put it into the Berkey, I just hope that the Berkey is able to get all that shit out. Well, what, if it is there, I don't know. I, I really like Mike Adams a lot and he tested a Berkey specifically for, and it was, it tested as one of the top filters. So, so I would, if you're going to get it out of there, a Berkey's going to do it. Yeah, that's another thing, ladies and gentlemen. I, I don't have, I don't know if Blue Monster Prep has any, uh, carries any water filters or whatever, but get get yourself something like that uh, it's it's one of the greatest ways of getting yourself uh independent uh, obviously every house has has running water but you don't have to drink it that way do something to it that your your local uh water filtration plant is not going to do so um you know i also just mentioned that if you're on the subject of pesticides or or chemicals uh you know we, we could do a whole show on glyphosate because that's the the most used pesticide in this country but what's interesting about Glyphosate is it tends not to bioaccumulate in animals, so that's another reason, you know, not to make plants the base of your diet, especially if you're eating non-organic plants. Right. But in in animals, uh, there was just a study published on that that they found virtually no glyphosate in any of the animals or the dairy. So for some reason, the the ruminant animals are able to uh, non-bioaccumulate the glyphosate, whereas you know all the other plant products tested positive. So. It's very important mm. because glyphosate is extremely dangerous to the mitochondria. Uh, I am going to. I don't I'm, think I use anything <clears throat> with that in it. Is, is would that go by another name? Glyphosate. Yeah. Uh, it's the active ingredient in Roundup. Yeah. It's okay. like, yeah. No. It's the. It's the weed killer. I think it's like by. by it's the Monsanto. Something. Yeah. It's the Monsanto now, Agent, now Agent Orange. Now it's bare. Yeah. 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 So it's it's one of those things. Yeah, it's the company that makes. Uh, your aspirins too. Yeah, Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. All right, let me rip through Foxhole real quick, and I have a. I think we're almost 
we're almost good. We may have a little spillover. Who knows? Uh, thank you, Cave Toads. It's hi, Matt and Jay. Cave Toad again says, Jay, I've stopped statins, feeling better, and memory oh. it is, my memory is improving. Oh. What are bad things I should watch for? Wow. How cool is that, man? God, I love that. Um, well, I mean, if you've stopped the statins, uh, so bad things in terms of uh, I mean, I would I would assume that if you had muscle aches or you had you said you had brain fog because you've now noticed that it, that's cleared up, start to pay attention to some of those symptoms improving. Um, the only I wouldn't say bad thing, but the only thing you're you're going to have to now battle your doctor or cardiologist is that your your cholesterol levels may go up. But that's not I mean, in my opinion, that's not a bad thing. What I would watch out for is the ratios. So the thing you want to care about the most not is not total cholesterol, not LDL cholesterol your triglyceride to HDL ratio. You want that to be either one-to-one -one or less. So lower triglycerides to higher HDL. If you've got that going on, you're in good shape. Okay, Paulie9363, a lot of Blackhawk fans are for Rangers 2023. Because of uh, Kane? I don't know. Yeah, Thank you. Th is, that, is that what's going on? Yeah, are the, the Rangers are in the, the hunt? The Rangers picked up, um, I think they did, they picked up Patrick Kane. Oh, wow. Yeah, I I still have not signed on completely. Oh, I would like to, I don't know, I I can't. I, I it's it's just a time thing. I, I always have a good time when I sit down with friends and I watch a, a, a game. You go to a playoff game, a hockey NHL playoff game is nothing like it. I've never been. I only been to one NHL game. Oh, it was awesome. That's incredible. It was awesome. And playoff games, if you're into it, is like nothing else. Yeah, yeah. I could imagine. Sean Joe, thank you. Porfusful says, happy Friday. Thank you, KDB. River Pikes says, fun Friday. Cave Toad says, what are Jay's thoughts on shedding? Well, we were going to have a little bit of that on tonight. I mean, that was the big one. I think it's real. Yeah. Uh, let me just say that. But, yeah, I would love – definitely let me know. And I don't even care if it's in a week or two. I'll come right back. I would just love to ask this question because I think it's super timely and your audience could really benefit from it. Whenever he's on, whenever I get Dr. McCullough back, I promise you, you're going to be the next person I tell. Uh, uh, Rook Castle says, ben, uh, Bentane hydrochloric acid or apple cider ginger for stomach HCL balance and bile salts. Great. Yep. Bile salts are great for fat uh, absorption. But, yeah, those are excellent. Excellent okay. choices. Stostube, thank you so much. Rook Castle, again, Dr. Baker, orthopedic doctor on YouTube, is a carnivore guru with incredible testimonies on YouTube. Uh, carnivore diet can cure uh, an an ankylosis, mm -hmm. spondylitis. What is that? Yeah. Um, well, he, well, he's going to be at KetoCon. He's going to be speaking at KetoCon along with myself and a bunch of other people. So Dr. Sean Baker. Um, it's another autoimmune condition. So yeah, the carnivore diet has some serious, uh, some serious testimonials. Sean Baker was on uh, Joe Rogan, and yeah, he's Jordan great. Peterson's talked yes. about the diet too. It helped his daughter's yes. eczema. Yeah, or and something. Hi, and him, his uh, his autoimmune conditions and his cog his cognition. <clears throat> I think he was suicidal at one point, and he and he stays on this diet specifically because of that. Wow, it's amazing. Wow. Yep. Uh, that's 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 another level. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to mental health. He doesn't and, even really like it. He's doing it because it's the only way he can survive. So, John Honor says inter interstitium and lymph. Verklempt here. Talk amongst yourself. Interstitium. I don't know what it is. Um, I, I'll show that. I'll show that to you afterwards. Okay. <laughs> Winston Dave says, "How about fresh ground wheat or sprouted for bread?" So that's the best type. If you're gonna do bread, then get. Organic, obviously, get 
uh, sprouted and sourdough. I love I yeah, love sourdough. That was delicious. So those are the top quality bread. You're talking if, about you're talking about if I go into the kneaded bread tomorrow morning and I buy myself a nice circle loaf of sourdough. That's what you're talking about. Well, I'll tell you, the dead giveaway of a good bread uh, is that it has to be a good bread should be kept in the refrigerated section. Well, I mean, it's fresh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then, then I would say just check, make sure it's organic because we just talked about glyphosate, which is sprayed on almost all wheat. So make sure it's organic. And if it's sourdough, and if and if it, and if you can get it sourdough and sprouted, like they sprout the wheat berries before they make the flour, then uh, then that's the trifecta: organic, so sprouted, happy. sourdough. I was yeah. so happy when you told me about sourdough because you know I, I like I like making sandwiches, and if I, I got to give that up or or you know or pick and choose when I have my breads, but sourdough, I, yeah, I, I love it. Yep, that's Sour the only one. Love it. Yep, that's the one. Sourdough bread is the best. If you're going to do bread, that's the best one. K-Nuts says, chemistry Chris, chemistry Chris here. We got my ex through Alpha Gal via micro-dosing and clean eating. Yeah. Uh, used quercetin too. Awesome. Awesome. So the, you, it looks like you have a little bit of a foundation here then. Beautiful. Glad glad to hear that. Thank you for that. Okay. Uh, K-Nuts, again, says quercetin was for COVID, but she could eat beef afterwards. Didn't think of it until Jay said it. Well, listen, I, I, I told this to my uh, – who was I talking about this with just yesterday? With their – they're talking about their allergies. And I said, listen, you take the take – the, oh, I told Tracy. Mm. I told Tracy because down in South Carolina, they hit whenever you know these pine trees go down, we're talking about huge cumulus clouds mm-hmm. of pollen, and her daughter, uh, Tracy's daughter, is just getting ripped apart by it. And I said, you know what? Aside from uh, you know cleaning out the nasal passages a couple more times during the pollen season, make sure that they're taking daily quercetin because when I was, I quercetin was a uh, a part of my daily immune function protocols, and suddenly last year. Last uh, last April or May, whenever the hell I usually have a shitty week and a half of just like I almost have like a tension headache for a week and a half. It's not bad, but I, I started getting this with the quercetin. That was just not. I had two bad allergy days, and um, I I blew my nose out with the the, the nasal rinse, and I slugged a uh, a liter of salt water, and I was done. Yeah. But the quercetin was a big, big boost, and I and then I read into it a little bit more, and I saw aside from it being a, a zinc ionophore, mm-hmm. it is uh, it's it's really great with allergies. Yeah, so, yeah, that's that that's the same mechanism, and af- actually this paper actually mentions COVID in there too, so that's really good testimonial. So I, I feel like I'm I'm on the right track. So that's good. Wonderful. Okay. Uh, no, let's, let's, I'm going to release the, uh, the the scratching over there. We're done with the foxhole. I think we are all done with the rumble rants. Thank you so much. And one last roll. Uh, Jesse Woke. I missed my your last one. Oh, hey, Jay, Matt. Uh, glad you guys are here. My buddy just did 36-day strict lion diet. He, was, he wasn't terribly overweight but dropped 30-plus pounds. Ooh. From 240-something, I know you guys are pro-keto, but what are your thoughts on the lion diet? What is that? I think, so, you know, I don't know what the protocol is, but that's the Michaela Peterson diet, I think. Just, so it's got to be, I mean, it's probably carnivore, I'm going to I'm gonna say. Let me just look it up real quick. I, I, by the name of it, I would say that you'd stalk and kill your own prey and eat a <laughs> yeah. raw. You have to just... You, just, you got to walk around the supermarket like real... <laughs> <laughs> you just uh, bite the neck of anything that you see. Let me just see real quick. Um, while he's, let's see, uh, let's see here. Um, and then I have one line. No, no more super chats, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate it so much. We'll we'll do more in the next time that Jay comes back. 
But we had one more here from Poopy. Yeah, it's basically a carnivore diet. Yeah, it is. Yep. Yeah, I'm all, I mean that's absolutely. I think it's. It, you don't have to adhere to it long term. You can. People have done it for decades and been just fine. Uh, but it's a fantastic elimination diet. So okay. So then, what what would be the the difference between carnivore and keto? Keto, I, there's more vegetables yeah, involved. Yeah, keto is just low carb. Okay. So you can still there are still certain vegetables you can eat. There are still certain fruits you can even eat on a on a ketogenic diet as long as you're keeping your ketones. Uh, elevated or your carbohydrates low, depending on how you want to look at it. But a carnivore would be void of plant products. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. My my fruit season is usually the summer. Yeah. That's when I'm, yeah. I'm you know, busting ass outside and um, and then there's nothing like just taking down the watermelon and, and everything Absolutely. else and yep. it just hits you faster. It hits you better and you use it more. You don't not just sitting around with it. Well, there's a reason seasonal a seasonal approach to eating makes sense. Right. And that's exactly why. Poopy, the last one of the night says, apologies if already mentioned, but uh, just freed up and didn't want to miss it. Frank, don't read this, uh, read that. Oh. See, everybody always says that after they you gotta say You got to put it. that first. Yeah, Frank, <laughs> Frank, don't read this. Jay, can you briefly mention the best oils oh, to cook with? You just did. Okay, yeah. I know, I know to stay away from sunflower. Yes. What about grapeseed? No. Horrible, right? Yep. I mean, not for cooking. Again, I mean, I, I'm not a fan of these polyunsaturated fats anyway, but some of them you could make the argument that they would be okay to be consumed raw, like as a, a dressing or, or something, but you do not want to heat any of the polyunsaturated fats. Got you. Got you. And and, and that's the other thing. I mean, it was just over this a couple of days ago, I said, Lauren has been trying to find, because we, I know you gave us now a recipe for homemade mayo. And we were trying to find ways to get away from Hellman's and everything else because we saw the 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 the, the seed oils in yes. there, and she went and got a um, she got the the Kensing, Sir Kensington, mm -hmm. which I I love their their uh, I think it's their sriracha. Okay. Oh man, I love that one. Is it? Is it yeah, it's, I think it's their sriracha. But um, but I sent you a ingredients list. And she's, she thought, okay, well, it doesn't have any of this other stuff, but there's sunflower oil in that. Mm. It sounds harmless enough. <laughs> sure you know, does. And, and for the average <laughs> man, woman uh, yeah. that is out there and trying to lead a, a nice, healthy life, it's incredible just how we, we most people just all the choices you have, you think you're doing something good for yourself. What, what, what is it about sunflower oil? Well, it's just the, it's just the fatty acid ratio. So it's, 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 a, it's high omega-6, and that's the problem, right? I mean, they, they call these, this whole series of oils vegetable oils, despite the fact that they're not made from vegetables. So, I mean, it's really an ingenious marketing campaign because if you call them what they are, which is industrial seed oil, <laughs> I don't know, they'd just be a little bit less appealing probably. Right. But, yeah, I mean, it all comes down, those oils, well, one, it's the, it's the omega-6 to 3 ratio. So that's a... Omega-6 tends to be more pro-inflammatory. Omega-3 tends to be anti-inflammatory. So you don't want that ratio to be too out of whack. And in our diet, it's way geared towards omega-6. So that's a problem. But secondly, it's the processing. You think about getting an oil from seeds like that, how many, so how, like the absolute quantity of seeds you would need to get that much oil, you could never eat that many seeds. So you're also getting, not just the ratio is off, but you're also getting absolute quantities that are too high. Whereas olives can actually be pressed you know, avocados, 
coconuts, those things can actually be pressed and the oil, and there's plenty of oil in there. But seeds, it's not like that. There's a heavy industrial process that goes into that. They have to use solvents. Sometimes they have to use high heat, and that further denatures the, the oils. Then they have to be deodorized and bleached because they smell rancid. Jeez. Yeah, the processing, if you ever watch, if you go on YouTube, watch the video of how, to, how they make you know, like canola oil or any vegetable oil, you'll, you'd never, ever touch the stuff. It is like a pure industrial waste product. Jeez. Yeah. And, and, but when you see it on an ingredients oh, list, yeah. you're like, oh, they it's they, a vegetable. They, oil. Pre- they press some sunflowers. How can that be bad? You know, like, like what's what's wrong with a sunflower seed? <laughs> exactly, Jeez. exactly. Because you would take you know whatever million sunflower seeds, and then you got to again put it through that whole process, and yeah, it's, put them into a press, and then all of a sudden there's there's that drop of oil. Yeah. No, yeah. it's not okay. So yeah. then oh, before we end, then. Uh, it, it, without going out and finding a recipe to make your own mayo at home, which is not many many ingredients from what I no, saw. No, no, it's very simple. Uh, what is there any mayonnaise? Oh, avocado mayo. That's yes. what you would so say. So I use I use a brand. I don't again no affiliation, but Primal Kitchen is a great line of condiments. So ketchup, you know, uh, mustard, mayo, everything, and none of them have seed oils. They you know they're all super super clean and they're great. So if you're gonna do that at home. The farm actually have mayo because I know they have I know they have ketchup, but uh, yeah, if you're in a grocery store, then uh, look for Primal Kitchen. That's a good brand. I um, I gotta say, Lauren and I we we used the avocado uh, mayo, and I was really nervous about it because I can't st- you know I'm like all right let's just give it a try and it wasn't bad. It's good. I right? used it especially with you know mixing up tuna and stuff. Yeah. It doesn't mix in as good as uh, as the Hellman's. I could see that. So, but it takes a little extra. But Aurora did not go for it. So we have mm. to figure something else out because she she likes tuna now and. Well, definitely. So I gave you the recipe, Maria Emmerich. She's sort of a like a low carb guru and she she has recipe books you know she has a carnivore cookbook she has this cookbook she has multiple mayo recipes some of them are more intensive than others but they're relatively simple if you start making it on your own you can also make it in bulk so you know that's it it's it's a it's a great way and I, i bet and you could probably tweak it to the way aurora likes it which is even better well um geez well jay Thanks again. Uh, Matt, it's great to have you back, too. I think that this was great hanging out, all three of us. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I, uh, yeah, without without kicking off an entire third and fourth hour, let's just, <laughs> let's just say thank you to everybody, and uh, and I hope you guys have good weekends, and let's do this again soon. Yeah. Um, if, so for everybody to find you, perpetualhealth.co. Yes, yes, and the, the retreat this year is open now. You can go to perpetualhealth.co, and you can... Sign up if you if you're interested in coming. It's uh, September 21 through 24 in Vermont. We're gonna do all the things we talked about. We're gonna have a chef there that's gonna be cooking for you in this way. So if all these things were interesting to you or you want to learn more, we actually had the chef do a class one of those nights too, where he actually takes you through the process. And so it's gonna be a lot of fun. You can follow me also on Substack, which is where uh, there'll be some. I have all of March already programmed for articles coming out. So that's just perpetualhealth.substack.com, and then of course Instagram perpetualhealth. C-O. You just don't stop working. I love it. <laughs> it kind of feels like that sometimes. No, I know. Hey. And I, there's I, some things coming too. So I would say if, you've, if you haven't signed up for the website too, sign up because uh, I'm getting together with some colleagues and we're, I think we're going to start, we're going to start creating that parallel economy that I was talking about. And, and it's not, and it's not just going to be for retreats. So we're going to start to see people one-on-one with health issues and we're going to start to bring, and it might not be directly with me, but I'll be looking at the labs and I'll be looking at, you know, but we're going to, I'm going to bring in some other people to start working with, with, with people because I think you said it last time I was on, like you're only one guy, right? You can't help everybody. And I want to, so I'm going to bring in some people that I really trust 
really trust. And uh, so I think we're going to start to uh, to try to take care of people. Man, I'll tell you, if you and a couple of people you trust were looking over my file to figure out what to do, I would I would be I would feel like I was in good hands. <laughs> I, I hope really so. do. I hope so. And, I, know and I really do. Yeah, and that's our goal. We want people to feel. I have a feeling that people are going to look at this differently than they've ever had a sort of medical experience. That's that's what we're hoping for. So. And Matt, you start your uh, you start your steak and eggs journey again tomorrow. No, I'm gonna have to do it on uh, on Monday. I, why, why? Well, I didn't eat today. I think I'm gonna get a uh, uh, chicken and broccoli and brown rice. Okay. Well, from a Chinese. It's not that well, you get chickens. Not that bad. The broccoli will will try to fight you with its uh, you defense. Don't, you don't. Defense, <laughs> defense. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm just, just, just kidding. Right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm more worried about the oils they cook that thing in. <laughs> I ruin everybody's good time, Matt. It sucks. Yeah, it does. Buzz oh, kill. It's all right. Just uh, <laughs> tonight, tonight, and tomorrow, and and then Sunday. You know what? Sunday. Let's just order Domino's one last time. <laughs> let's just have a big send off. <laughs> big send off on Sunday, and then and then it's just it's just beach body time after that. Yeah, right. we're in March now, so. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, hey, thank, thankfully. Get it done in like a month and a half, bro. <laughs> I well, I've had a pretty good winter. The, I mean, ever since I had that st the, the stomach issue in the middle of January, uh, that that triggered about a week and a half of just like no consistency. But I, I I've done very very well compared to other years. So I'm 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 feeling good about the summer. Good. I think I'm going to be in good shape by Father's Day, by Mother's Day actually, no doubt, real good shape. If we get some good sun, then I'll man. I I bring I drag my my dip and pull up station out into the middle of the driveway, oh, yeah. so I'm doing it in the in the sun. Yeah. that's how I get my tans, mm -hmm. man. That, no, nothing like an outdoor workout. No, no doubt. Yeah. All right. Um. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Go to quitefrankly.tv and you can enjoy the rest of this evening's weekend roundup, which is about to begin on quitefrankly.tv. The network stays live all weekend we have good stuff for you lined up on sunday as well um and i just want to thank everybody on theta watching on uh on on the website quite frankly tv our our buddies on twitch our buddies on d live rumble and youtube thank you all wonderful big crowds over there make sure that you like the broadcast before you leave that'll help us with all the on-demand views and the the algorithm let's kick that algorithm in the face for the weekend that'd be wonderful and then on rockfin I appreciate all of your tips and your super chats, and uh, it's made for some great, stimulating conversation. We'll see you on Monday. It's going to be a good one. Thanks again, Jay. Thanks again, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. Yay. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience, and now our super chatters, starting with Poopy, Minister of Chocolate, Mitochondria Matt, Larkstar, Jenna from South Carolina, American Girl 3, Jesse Woke, Larkstar, Albert Frederick, Michelle on Wheels, Ben Allen Herferberger, Stostube, Jenna from South Carolina, Gino and American Girl. Thank you to all my friends on the Rumble Rants and, of course, on the Gold Pills and the Rockfin Tips. We will see you guys on Monday. Be good.
Think about it, though, Tom. Sudden weight loss. AIDS? Nobody's got AIDS. I don't want to hear that word here again. <laughs>